0: Hi everyone! Welcome back to our Hollywood. I'm Daniel. I'm Kim. It's really early today.
1: Yeah, this is well. We already recorded
0: the episode,
1: the meat of the episode. So I'm really excited for you guys to hear it. Honestly, it was so much this fun. episode is exploring modern female directors, and we talk about everyone. Literally, pretty much everybody. Um, and, and it was
0: good vibes only.
1: Yeah, it was, well, I was not going to tear down female directors. No, but I'm
0: saying, like, yeah. sometimes, like, even if we're trying to be positive, there's, like, oh, but also, like, all this sad stuff, but, like, yeah. we, we stayed on track. But,
1: yeah, but also, thing. like, there wasn't really much to critique about these modern female directors, oh, yeah, to be no. honest. Yeah. If, yeah, there really wasn't. I think it was just, like, a very also, uplifting environment. We went
0: the entire, well, first of all, Kings wearing a shirt that says, girls rock. And you can see that if you go on our YouTube channel. Um, our Hollywood, we're uploading all the episodes on there. So if you're, like, a visual media person...
1: Mm-hmm. I'm very much a person one. that likes to watch podcasts.
0: We also don't make money from the YouTube one, so we make, like, two oh. cents from the video one. <laughs> I don't know about... I mean, when, it's because we can't monetize the YouTube videos yet. Anyway, um, so you can go do that. You can follow us on Instagram. It's our.hollywood. You can follow us on Letterboxd. It's our Hollywood. We'll have all these movies on a little... Um, Play or watch list, I think it's called. Um, and then our TikTok is our Hollywood. Period. There's all the boys. Are you good? The cold brew is running out. Like it's, no, I'm fine. Oh, I'm not. Um,
1: I was just letting you have your space to speak.
0: Thank you so much for. I'm working me. on that. We're gonna do what we watch this week. We and I, because t- okay. Also, fun fact: right now, I'm literally in class. <laughs> it's on my phone. But so I was like, I don't have the thing in front of me. but when's your
1: graduating graduation ceremony?
0: The, May 22nd.
1: Oh well, that's it's late. Online.
0: Well, it's weird because it's like May 22nd online and May 26th is like this drive through thing at the school. Okay. I don't know what's going on.
1: I'm going to my drive through thing even though I graduated last year just so, like, if it's bad, I can, like, say that I went and be like, yeah, it was trash. Is that bad? No. But it's also like, I have nothing else to do. I might as well just, like, fucking sit there and, like, see what they have to is offer. Is it in a car? Yeah, it's like a drive in graduate. I don't, they didn't not explain. Yeah, no,
0: same with us. They were just like, you'll drive to the school and you will see events. And I was like, girl, why are you talking about?
1: that's so vague yeah
0: like i literally don't understand what it is and so we're driving all the way but down also to like, i
1: know it means something to my mom so i just really
0: say don't. my parents were like are you really just gonna do it through zoom and so i was like okay i guess we'll do the car one
1: because it's like why not you know yeah
0: i'm not losing anything
1: exactly and i got to go to la i'm literally exactly. gonna force
0: my family to go to amoeba
1: i knew you were gonna say that i knew why? you were gonna say that because that's your like personality trait when you go to la
0: okay Kim? like because if
1: i do what do i do i go up there to like thrift or whatever i do you go up there and you absolutely go to amoeba there's like the one thing you always okay
0: do. one time kim was like okay we're gonna go to amoeba this was like four years ago, or three years ago I don't know, but kim was like okay we're gonna go to amoeba i was like i don't know what i that started is. this y- you don't remember
1: no you literally
0: showed me amoeba because i remember like the sticker in your car and i was like i literally don't know what that is and you're like okay we're gonna go because you wanted to like get a movie or something
1: oh yeah their movie selection slaps and we went and it's affordable
0: yeah we went to the old location um on sunset and it blew my mind. I was like, "This is my favorite." Oh, I do somewhere. remember
1: this now. Yeah. yeah.
0: Um, and then I went. I, I wanted to go to the grand opening, but I was like, "Okay, what if I get COVID?" So I won't go. And then even though I'm like vaccinated, <laughs> and then um, so we went like a couple weeks later, and there's still a line to get in, but the new location is so cool. That's fun. Anyway, so the little pop culture roundup. It's also kind of a mixed in with the what we watched this week. So if you're in YouTube land, if you're in YouTube,
1: I am deeply in YouTube land. Yeah. So I think I watch like- YouTube more than like streaming services. For me,
0: I think right now, yes, too, because it's like quick and fast. Like, I can, you know, I can digest it quickly. I'm like, oh, I have a lunch break. I can watch it. And then,
1: mm-hmm. like,
0: I'm not going to watch like Nomad Land on my I lunch feel
1: break. like I do that. But then also, sometimes I'll be watching videos that are like over an hour long. And I'm like, I literally could have watched a movie.
0: Um, oh, my, God, me, me with podcasts. I'm like, this is the length of like Endgame. Yeah. What am I doing here?
1: Our podcast. Anyways. Jeff Whittick.
0: Okay, so came if,
1: out with a documentary about what happened to his eye. Wait, did and you his face did you watch
0: all like the most three? One? Yeah. Okay.
1: Dude, I watch them as soon as they come out. I have his notifications on. Like, I'm so invested in the story.
0: Okay, so here, here's what I'll say. I w- okay. First, we're gonna talk about the production because that's what we are. We're we're this is a film podcast. So like, I will say it has some Shane Dawson documentary vibes, whereas like they think just like. I sure like the
1: blueprint for, like, YouTuber documentaries.
0: That should not be the blueprint, I think. Because, like, it, I think at times it had vibes of, like, just because it's good editing and there's a voiceover, it's <laughs> a <documentary. And> music. <laughs> yeah, and I'm like, guys, like, that's not really. It's point. still
1: interesting, though.
0: Well, like, for example, like, the first episode, like, interesting, really interesting to see Jeff's backstory. Um, but, like, I, you can skip it, I think.
1: Well, maybe that's just the way he, because he's the one that makes all of it. So That's maybe just the way he is perceived. Yeah. Okay. So
0: that's it. the other. That's my counter argument to myself is that like he's <laughs>
1: you play like devil devil's advocate for yourself. I literally like in my internal head, mo- monologue. Okay,
0: I, in my head it's inside out people, but it's just me wearing different t-shirts that are different colors. <laughs> uh-huh. um, so I was like, okay, but also it's like his trump is his traumatic event. So like, good for mm-hmm. him to be able to tell a story the way he wants with his own money. As he like, should. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. That aside. David Dobrik terrifies me.
1: Yeah no, I feel like, I, so I feel like everybody is on that because okay, listen like because David everybody has like these interviews right about recounting what happened right He the way he's retelling this story is maniacal. Like it is weird, and like in comparison, you see Susie, right? One of the oh my the God, sister, yeah. and she was on screen for like maybe like two minutes, and, and she was crying.
0: Cause it's, ter- the, it's this event is terrifying, and I
1: did. I wanted to like, I wanted to pay for the Patreon, but I don't think I could stomach like watching I, it.
0: Yeah, I don't. I'm glad that he did that though. He's like get the praise of my Patreon for the dude. Lord. Yeah,
1: if he's gonna monetize his trauma, he I absolutely
0: as he, he should, should. Yeah, you know. But- But like, okay, so I was going to like really quickly summarize it for, because I feel like not everyone is in YouTube land like us. So like really quickly, there's a YouTuber named David Dobrik. His vlogs are like really like kind of uh, what's that one movie, Jackass, Jackass, like comedy where it's like he puts his friends in dangerous situations. It's Jackass,
1: but they have no safety measures.
0: No, no one's in charge. There's no HR department. (laughs) And so like um, he would always put his friends in horrible, embarrassing, dangerous, like humiliating situations not once did it happen to him he was the one doing little meet and greets with leonardo DiCaprio. he was the one doing all this stuff and it upset me like you can literally go to my youtube channel there's a video we did like two years or three years ago where it was like painting our biggest fears and mine was david dobrik because i used to have nightmares about him i used to have nightmares of him like of him like tying me on the ground and like dumping cockroaches on me
1: that was your nightmare
0: i I had this it was a recurring nightmare because of the emma chamberlain maybe you're
1: like a a psychic or something
0: i definitely don't think so (laughs) Because crazy. also, like, no, maybe I am because this also happened to me with the Hannah thing. Like, at first I was a Pecan, <laughs> and then I was like, if no, I, something's unhinged. I was
1: here. making a joke because you were saying, like, I manifested this.
0: Oh, I am. Okay, then I am.
1: Okay, you can, yeah. Anyway. If you feel that way, then yeah.
0: That was the nicest way to tell me, no, you're not. <laughs> Okay. Anyway, well, I think everyone's loopy, psychic. Anyway, so yeah, like, I
1: think you can anticipate things. You know, yeah.
0: you could. Okay, yeah. It was not like I predicted something. You could watch those videos and be like, "This is a harmful person." Yeah. But anyway, so I like, think it's
1: just hard to like do with it when everybody is so pro was so pro David yeah. Dobrik, and then you're like the only person. Like what Trisha Paytas had to like go through is like she's like I literally saw the shit person, and everyone's like you're crazy. And then she was
0: like people, were, like, people were like, people were calling me psychic. But she was like, no, anyone could have seen it. You guys were just like not paying attention to it. Mm-hmm. Everyone was so up to
1: she's the one that opened my eyes to be honest really? yeah because i because i could tell like well there was like people here and there like Car- even carly and aaron like they would be like don't do that to me or like scott scott's ex-girlfriend Kristen. like i remember she got out of there quick he, well she was i remember he never pulled any pranks on her because she was like don't you fucking dare oh, i remember I mean. her saying that in a vlog one time and i was like i was like yeah i wouldn't want that to happen to me either
0: it's like okay For me pranks like oh you scare me you jump out of the closet yeah that's whatever if you like you're
1: swinging me around on an excavator and and
0: also like emotionally manipulate to like my hopes and dreams and then shatter them for for a four minute video you're a psychopath okay anyway so like in this video what happened was they were doing a comeback video because david dover kind of vlogged the entire
1: that was in july
0: yeah so like he was going to do a comeback vlog and he was Mm going to have all these stunts and so like in the second part of the documentary there's this scene where like they wanted to get their s- uh, skydiving license. So they have to jump 25 times. And so like they're, they're doing these 25 jumps. It's like Jeff, Natalie, um, Todd. Todd, and they have to film their wills and they FaceTime David. And David is like at home playing video games. Cause like he would Twitch and that's like how he would make income. And he was like, yeah, I want to go, but I just don't know if that's the best idea right now. And that's when I was like, he sees his friend's lives as expendable and his isn't. Yeah. That's literally how he sees it. He's like, yeah. well, if I lose one of them, I'm fine. Mm-hmm. But like, what kind of sick human being do you have to be to think like that? Yeah. I just cannot imagine. Like, I'd be like, well, if I'm going to make my friends jump out of an airplane, I'm going to do it too. That's, And also, I can't believe they all just let him do this to them. I think well you have
1: to think like I'm sure it's like a weird power dynamic that I don't think they're even aware of. You I know think what I it's cuz os- yeah. they I, th- I think the way they think about it I'm not saying this is the right way I'm just saying this is what I'm perceiving it as is like they feel like they owe it to him because mm-hmm. without him they would not be any like in their head maybe they would we don't know because yeah, that's yeah. not the path they decided to choose but in their head, they think they owe everything to him because they would, they think they wouldn't be, have been as yeah. famous without him.
0: But not only that, he would gift them, like, for example, Carly and Aaron. It w-
1: it's just such a, exact it's, it's, it's like a weird power dynamic. Like, you're like emotionally manipulating, but you're giving you a Lamborghini the next day. So it's yeah. like, he paid for um, her
0: wedding. So, like, okay, I guess I have to yeah. jump out of a plane because I can't say no because you gifted what well, No, that's Aaron. Aaron, sorry. Um,
1: they but- don't, I don't think they participate participated no no
0: no they didn't i didn't see them in any clips of the documentary but anyway it was just weird anyway so then they were doing this thing where like david had an excavator Mm -hmm. and i don't know how he got this and he was like basically
1: in the in the thing they said that it was all handled by another youtuber like how they got all this stuff so they didn't do it legally you can tell yeah
0: but, um, oh, my God. And so, basically, they were all swinging around on it. And, like, they were, like, let's take it one step further. And they doing like, swinging around on it and, like, spinning, but, like, just from the rope.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And so, like, first, Corinna did it. And then, like, it, like, almost falls. And then she's, like, okay, no, we're done. Like, yo, she literally says, you always take it mm-hmm. too far. And, like, I think that sign should have shown that how unsafe this was.
1: She always but, says that in his vlogs.
0: Yeah. And, like, David kept it going. And so, like, I just i don't understand how maniacal he was like he literally was like controlling it with one hand and filming with the other mm-hmm. like sir get a camera person what's wrong with you but then also so then he starts spinning jeff around and jeff like you can tell from like I, okay you know what i re- can't what i said what i said earlier i do think the first one was important to show jeff's mentality because he's very like loyal. well
1: he was a criminal and like in the i think it was like important to explain why he didn't like snitch i feel like this whole thing is like he doesn't want to like snitch on people because that's when he was a criminal you don't do that shit. yeah and that's why he got put behind like bars he because up. he didn't yeah
0: yeah and so I he, think he david, has
1: immense loyalty
0: yeah david used that to his advantage a hundred percent he's an expert manipulator and so basically what happens is the thing they explain later that like when oh well, no that was on frenemies they explained that like how the when a thing is when that thing is moving at a certain speed it realizes that it shouldn't be moving that quickly so there's like an automatic stop and so what happened was it was moving too fast and so it stopped and jeff swung and well, hit. because it's not for it. fucking yeah no it's use literally-
1: like that it's literally a construction vehicle yeah
0: and so he hits it and like he like shatters his skull his eye comes out he falls into the water like all this like super like he should have died essentially mm-hmm. he was
1: so close to dying
0: and so, like, there's that all that. But I think
1: that's I, I hate being like, there's a reason for everything. There's a reason why he survived.
0: Yeah. Well, and, someone had to take him out.
1: Yeah.
0: And I, also the girlie who like, no, sorry, not the girlie. Sometimes they I say things that like I don't think it's the the, the girl who like was uh, sexually assaulted because of, of a of vlog yeah. that they were doing. Yeah. yeah. Um, and she also was like, no, we're not gonna do this. And so like the article came out and that also I think led to his quote unquote downfall. Um, And I'm glad that all this is coming out because he was getting really too dangerous. And, like, clearly he almost killed someone. He, like, traumatized who knows how many people. But, like, um, I think what scared me the most was when Jeff was, like, he never came to visit me. And he never, like, I had to see his face everywhere. He
1: didn't, yeah, he didn't speak to him for, like, a month. Like, he did, like, the Joker thing in the hospital and then didn't speak to him. I
0: literally, I cannot grapple that.
1: That shit. That is so shitty. Like, I can't even, like explain how shitty that is like if you don't think that shitty you need to reevaluate and the the way that
0: Jeff was still like not upset i would have been no okay you know what
1: i think you know what i think i
0: (laughs) because because,
1: like of this i mean you are you're listening to the podcast um well, he's releasing all this documentary. I, Jeff is a smart guy. Mm-hmm. He is fucking Jeff smart. Jeff is a marketing I don't, I don't think he needs to explicitly drag David. He literally is just showing the reality of the situation. And he doesn't even... Because people are like, why isn't Jeff like dragging him? Blah, blah, blah. And I was like, he doesn't need to. Bad, yeah. He doesn't fucking need to. Because that kind of like... That leaves people room to like criticize him for talking shit on David in like a really weird fucked up way. I don't know how to explain it, but you get what I'm saying. You know what I mean? So I think Jeff is like, we're just going to tell the story how it is and people are going to see the reality situation because I'm sure this was like an enlightening experience for him because Mm -hmm. it I mean, it fucked up his brain and he said he has had like really he hasn't gone into depth on his mental issues and his recovery and stuff like. I don't know if he's going to. But it seems like
0: he doesn't want to talk about it, but he touches upon it. Yeah. yeah.
1: So, like, I think this whole, and I think he said, like, this process has, like, helped him, like, kind of come to terms, like, with what's going on. And I yeah. think he he's smart and he has smart people around him now yeah. to be like, you don't even need to, like, explain how shitty david is like it's literally just evident and like all the stuff that we have yeah
0: i definitely think this is the nail in the coffin for
1: oh david.
0: and so <laughs> i think like
1: if companies work with him after this that is just low well
0: okay you know what also i thought it was interesting that like when i didn't expect to get interviews from david and everything i was like so what did he because do? i don't think do you think he told david? i
1: i don't think he told him anything i think david is so out of his mind and like control freaked you know because everybody just does what he tells them to do I just don't think it ever crossed his mind genuinely that Jeff would but it's like he didn't even need to like pin it on yeah. David David literally did everything and the fact that David like I mean to be fair I'm not i we haven't seen like all of the documentary yet, I think there's like, like two more from, right? I don't know but from like what we've seen like it seems like he has no remorse and that is the biggest thing i hate with like social media people if you there's no way you don't know about things that are people are accusing you of no. there's absolutely zero way if i know you definitely have to know because it's about you bitch. and he would never fucking address anything and i was like i can't i can't like a person that doesn't address anything about it's them too sketchy it's too, too sus bro and it's just so evident that he's never been held accountable for anything he's done wrong And that is, yeah, and that's just, like, a huge thing. You need to hold people accountable. But also, like, when he, when the SA allegations came out and he did his first apology, Mm. lame, terrible, no,
0: it was so awful. I truly think he doesn't have emotions. Because, like, what is that called, like, sociopath? Like, I don't want to throw that word around. I think it is sociopath. But, like, genuinely the signs are there. Yeah. This was a cult. Like you literally all the sense of a cult are here. It's just a more televised one and no one yeah. really thought And I it think like
1: also that. at that point he had a lot of business people around him. So he, I think he genuinely didn't know what to do because it's the first time he's actually had to address anything. So like he didn't, he genuinely didn't know how to apologize. That's insane to me that he didn't know how to apologize. And then like what, like a week or a week and a half later, he had the second apology, which seemed a little bit better on the surface level. But it just seems so evident that it was kind of, like, written out for him. Yeah. You know? Even
0: when he was like, like oh, I'm on the ground. Like, it like what felt, Trisha said on, yeah. like,
1: in of me, she was like, you can't make that big of a jump from a week ago. Mm. Like, you can start, have the gears turning, but you can't act like you're a brand new person.
0: It's the same with, like, what James Charles is. Yeah. It's so weird. Oh, my God. Influencers are so weird. I don't, I don't understand.
1: That's why i <laughs> like I'm a very micro influencer but like I'm seeing like glimpses of what's going on and like how important it is to be like a good role model in person on the internet because ultimately these yeah celebrities are still a big deal and you know what I mean but like they're social media people on the cover of j14 magazine like these are people that you need to be paying attention to honestly as I hate to admit it I hate to admit it but like it's important what these I wonder what's going to happen because,
0: like, for example, with, like, Vine and all of these things, like, they're huge for, like, a hot second, and then they completely disappear. I wonder if that's going to happen with
1: Well, like... With Vine, like, they didn't do anything new. No, but
0: also, like, YouTube, like, they're OG YouTubers. Oh, yeah. Like, they were huge, and then they're just kind of, like.
1: Well, that's kind of, like, celebrity cycle, too.
0: I guess that's a good point.
1: I think celebrity cycle is just, like, more magnified. And also, like, with celebrities and actors and, like, musicians and stuff, there's. They have like things that they're set to, okay, do. I was like, Wait. you know what I mean. Yeah. But like when you think about TikTokers, what is the longevity of a TikToker? When you think of like a Charlie D'Amelio or like Addison Ray, like you, now like Addison Ray just released like music and she's going to like beauty and stuff, and it's just like
0: That's the movie.
1: Yeah, and the movie, and she's like trying to bounce into this world of being an actual celebrity, and it's like I want to do a whole episode about that. Like when does a social media person? become a celebrity i
0: think she's definitely she knows that like this doesn't have links. addison ray it. is
1: 100 percent celebrity and yeah. i hate to like i don't hate to admit it. i really don't because it doesn't bother I think, me
0: yeah.
1: I, but a lot of people have strong opinions about yeah. that you know I, what i mean i
0: understand why they have strong opinions though because it's just another white person yeah that doesn't really you know there are a lot of
1: quote unquote they don't do anything quote unquote that's what people's argument yeah. is but
0: Things. like I have no thoughts on her I'm, I don't want to def- I'm not going to defend her because I don't think. Be- no I just to. think it's like it's there I
1: mean it's like undeniable she's a celebrity she's getting all these deals she's on, she's on the keep Kardashians like yeah. you know what I mean it's just a matter of like the transition because I feel like a lot of times it flops but I think Addison Rae like maybe because TikTok, like these TikTokers, because they don't really talk. They literally just dance. You know what I mean? They can make whatever personality they want. To. Yeah. It's such an interesting thing. And like my marketing so, brain goes like crazy thinking about it. But I i am so interested. And it is see... a part of Hollywood.
0: So if we did an episode on it, it does fall into our jurisdiction. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so maybe we will. That's interesting. I
1: mean, I've been wanting to put it on the document. I
0: just. Addison, if you want to come on it <laughs> and talk about She's a Libra too. <laughs> so will she. Does that has nothing to do with anything. She would absolutely not. Who could? What could? What influencer could we like get on here?
1: Give me like a couple more months on TikTok and we'll I'll see oh, what period. I can do. Okay. Um,
0: um,
1: I don't know. I think just social media people in general is just so interesting, and I'm. I feel like a lot of times, like with David Dobrik and like James Charles, they've been able to get away with a lot of things. You know what I mean? But I think now people are like, okay, no, it's time It's time to, it let's cut it out and let's keep people accountable and start deplatforming people. You know what I mean?
0: Oh my God, I love deplatforming. I think it has happened with so many more people because <laughs> oh, yeah. I just think before it was so unregulated. They're like, well, everyone should have one, but when it, <laughs> it comes to a certain point, oh my God, we're going so off the rails. It comes to a certain point where it's like, they're now a public figure, they're influencing like, like public opinion and like yeah. they're being harmful and they're genuinely harmful to people i think that's the point where you're like
1: i think it's just crazy that david dobrik went on for years getting away with this shit yeah. like i think and i think also like a lot of people had like similar thoughts but nobody wanted to say anything yeah
0: i was like, say, like because my, my, i had a friend yeah. who was like david dobrik stand like merch like with merch mm-hmm. and i was just like I'm, like, scared of him. Is no one else afraid of him? Yeah. Like, I would have... Night- Nobody guys,
1: talked about it, I yeah. I had
0: nightmares about him. I don't think you understand. That's, like, he did something to my brain, and I don't even know him.
1: Yeah.
0: Terrifying. Anyway, so that was our pop culture roundup. Um, we're going to go to ad break right now, and then we'll be back with our guest um, and to talk all about girl bosses. I was... Okay, no. we went the entire episode without saying it. No. And I feel like we have to say it, like, once. No. I feel like we should make merch that says Boss."
1: No. no. With
0: like a cute little font?
1: No. My <laughs> <laughs> okay. God, ad break, bye. <laughs> Hi, welcome back from our ad break. <laughs> hopefully it put, got put in the right place this time because I was listening to her podcast oh, yeah. and it was like in the middle of us talking and I was like, wait, what?
0: I don't know how that so, happened.
1: I don't know. It's okay. Well, hopefully it worked this time. I don't okay. know. <laughs> but we're back and now we have our guest.
0: Nijah. Yeah, hi. Um, how are you?
2: I'm good. How are you guys doing today?
0: It's so hot. Well, how, like, it's really hot over here. This
2: is the earliest we've ever recorded. Oh, yeah, a that podcast. too. So I feel like kind of awake, <laughs> so I haven't um, done
1: anything yet today.
0: Really. Oh, yeah, no, this cold brew, it's kicking in.
1: Okay.
0: And so I'm ready. I'm ready to record. Um. So, do you, uh, before we get into our topic, which today is, fe- do we have like a specific title or is it just, oh, Exploring. modern female directors? Yeah. Um, Before we get into it, do you want to tell us a little bit about um, what interests you about film and TV and sort of why you want to go into the film industry?
2: Yeah, so I've been interested in doing film since I was 13, I think, uh, or 12 or 13. That's when I made my first film. Um, We have these like no smoking, you know, those no smoking commercials. Um, I tried to do the little 30 second commercial. Um, they had a competition going on. It was terrible. You can find it on YouTube somewhere, but don't. Um, and then, uh, when I was 15, I went to a performing arts high school and I just started taking it seriously from there and producing and directing films. What has always made me so interested in filmmaking is that, uh, I love imagining and I love dreaming. So to take something that you just imagine in your head and you're just daydreaming all the time and see it just unfold right in front of your face in real life. It's amazing to me. Mm-hmm. I love that. And I'm also a big SIM player. So, you know, creating your own reality. <laughs> oh, <love> that. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm.
0: So what kind of, is there any like specific aspect that you want to uh, sort of focus more on or you just, you want to do it all?
2: So um, I would like to kind of dibble and dabble um, in different types of films. I always like films with a little bit of drama within them. Um, and I think I take that um, inspiration a lot from like Issa Rae. Throwing a, like no matter what genre I'm doing, that drama is such an exciting, it's so exciting to me. Um, but I want to dibble and dabble and try all different types of like, uh coms those are my favorites um good yeah i love yeah <laughs> <laughs> um romantic movies and add a little bit of drama into them i just love um for my films to be you know relatable or have some type of element um of a world that you just wish you could live in
0: so mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. oh well wow. how fun yeah. um so so did you do you like uh, like writing or do you like directing or which ones have you tried and which ones do you think, you know, so I focus on this one more.
2: My aspiration is to be a producer and director within the film industry. Um, I've done it all, you know, as like a freelance filmmaker, you just have, you have to write your own films. You yeah. have to be the cameraman. You have to do all of that. Yeah. But I'm definitely interested in producing, directing and writing 100%. And I um, am currently trying to build my own, film company um so I've got like a five to ten year plan going on because I really just want to be able to create a platform Mm. where not just um you know where black creatives and other creatives can tell their stories um that are different so Mm. yeah I kind of just want to help creatives get their stories out there so
0: that's so cool um That leads us perfectly into our topic for today, which is modern female directors. Um, So we have a list of um, the female directors that have been very recent. I think, the what is like the oldest one on here? Not oldest by age. I mean, like in terms of...
1: Probably Catherine Bigelow. I don't know. Yeah, probably Catherine Bigelow.
0: Okay, yeah. Because, I mean, Sofia Coppola kind of, but...
1: I think Catherine Bigelow came before.
0: Uh Uh-huh. Oh, you're right, you're right. Um, And also it's like half white, so, you know, we, we did sprinkle in. I mean,
1: I, I mean, just like overall, like female directors as a whole, like aren't wide, as widespread as male directors, yeah. obviously. I mean, there's only been, I, after before this year, like five women nominated for best director at the mm-hmm. Oscars. So we have like, I'm very happy with like the people that we've had groundbreaking and like, you know, pushing through those boundaries, but we just have so much more to go. Yeah. But um, I think what I wanted to start with is like talking about best director because that was like the biggest thing that's happened recently with Chloe Zhao um, being the first um, woman of color to win best director, um, which is huge and that's an amazing accomplishment. And there's only been one other best female director before them, which was Catherine Bigelow. Mm-hmm. Um, and the women that have been nominated for best director before. And I'm going to tell you guys the years because it just shows how like (laughs) spread out out it is. It's kind of insane. So Lena Wertmuller, um, Seven Beauties, 1976. Then we have Jane Campion. I don't know. Um, (laughs) if I'm pronouncing her name right. But that was the piano in 1983. Sofia Coppola in 2003 for Lost in Translation. Catherine Bigelow in 2009 for The Hurt Locker, and that was the first year a woman had ever won in 2009. So that's it's insane. Not that long ago. <laughs> it's like a, a little over 10 years ago, and that's not OK. <laughs> um, Greta Gerwig for a Lady Bird in 2017, um, and then Emerald at Fennell for Promising Young Woman 2020, and Chloe Zhao for Nomadland in 2020. Um, Yeah, that list should be a lot longer because I was looking at Wikipedia to make sure I like had everybody on the like every woman and I was just like scrolling through endless, endless, endless amounts of male names and I mean the only the first time a woman ever got nominated was only in 1976. Mm -hmm. And the Oscars have been going on for almost 100 years. Yeah. So that's just insane to me. I
0: think that really puts it in perspective when you mm-hmm. look at how long the Oscars have been running. And this list of female directors is like a tiny little paragraph mm-hmm. in our notes, um, which sucks. Obviously, there's like a six year gap between like each of these. Nomina- well, more between the first yeah. ones. But
2: it um, don't even break it down into... Race after that. <laughs> yeah, then it's like but more problematic.
1: The only woman of color on that list is Chloe Zhao. Yeah. yeah. So it's insane. And then obviously the Oscars have been notorious for snubbing amazing directors like Ava DuVernay. And Ava DuVernay called out the Oscars one year um, for not including a Nigerian film um, because it was in English, even though English is the national language mm-hmm. of Nigeria. Yeah. So I'm glad that we have people like Ava DuVernay speaking up for everybody because I feel like sometimes, and we'll get into this a lot later, but like women feel like they can't speak out about things. And I think we're finally getting to that point where we're able to stick up for each other and like have those open conversations, which are so important. Um, and who else got snubbed? Um, the, what's her name? The woman who directed Portrait of a Lady on Fire, Celine. Oh yeah. Oh. I was. I recently watched that movie a couple months ago, and I was just like, "Okay, wait, hold on. Why was this not nominated? Yeah. Why did she not get nominated? I'm pretty sure the movie was nominated, but I'm actually very. I've never seen it. So, I didn't. Okay, literally, I was like not on the hype train like when it was like at the time, and I was like. I was just like on Hulu it kept on popping up on my Hulu yeah. and I was like you know what I got nothing else to do like I might as well just watch it and people have been telling me that I would probably like it and it was just so impressive mm-hmm. to me mm-hmm. especially the lighting I, I pay attention a lot to the lighting because I think it adds a lot to the mood of a of a film I'm a huge lighting fanatic which is like <laughs> super weird but like <sighs> um, and I, <laughs> okay, okay, I'm glad somebody feels I me on that because I feel like I feel like not enough people talk about it, you know? No, yeah. And I think especially because she decided to shoot on oh my god. You know what? We're getting ahead of ourselves. <laughs> I wanna save my little fan, my fellow fan thing.
0: She huh? well,
1: she shot on digital, but it like that's not normal for people that are doing a period piece. Mm-hmm. But I'll get into my little like feel about her because okay. like I'm such a big fan now. She's yeah, so sick. She's so cool. Um, so this, I think, oh, I want to also start with, like, why it's important for, like, women to be directors, and it goes beyond, um, just directing. It goes to the behind the scenes aspect of it, and there has been multiple studies, and Time wrote about a study conducted about how if a is put in a director's chair, it's much more likely there's going to be more, gender diversity within all behind the scenes roles which is something that we talk about a lot on this podcast but i feel like overall in like society i guess doesn't get as much um recognition like it comes down to like the grips and it comes down to the pas it comes down to everybody that's making this film it all the gen like it, it matters that there's gender diversity in there and I wanted to start off with this little quote from Katherine Bigelow, because she's like the first director we're going to be talking about. Um, so she said, because there was like a formal request to the ACLU to go look more into why this matters and also and um, about why it matters to hire female directors and just looking into the film industry as a whole um, and the disparity between like, putting women into positions of power. Um, And she said that she supported the request when it launched in the spring. I have always firmly believed that every director should be judged solely by their work and not by their work based on their gender. Hollywood is supposedly a community of forward-thinking and progressive people, yet this horrific situation for women directors persists. Gender discrimination stigmatizes our entire industry. Change is essential. Gender-neutral hiring is essential, which That changed my opinion about Catherine Bigelow because I feel like before (laughs) she, like, I think what she did in terms of like groundbreaking for like women directors is like huge, and we should obviously like recognize her for that. But I'm not a huge fan of like military movies and stuff like that. that. So, like, it wasn't like just my cup of tea. And also, I think before she just never wanted to comment on being like a woman director like when she got her when she won her award she didn't talk about being a woman which like I thought I think people just thought that was weird and like I thought it was weird at first but it's also like from that quote of her I was like yeah that makes sense like why she wouldn't if she just wants everything to be like gender neutral which we should be like pushing towards but that's just not the place we're in so I think that's why it kind of like threw people off
0: yeah it definitely threw me off yeah i get what she like what she was trying to do like for example the male directors they don't like are like well as a male so i get what, what- some of them
2: do though honestly some of them do. said that if they went on to grab their work as a male i feel <laughs> did no you care. see Clinton tarantino's like a little speech he was like yeah
1: because i'm the best like it's just like it's what? What? i think at, like at the like for once upon a time holly for one of the re- awards he was oh like God. yeah i did this and, meh, 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 meh. and it's like yes let's let's hype ourselves up but like relax like, yeah. <laughs> but also like stay a little bit there's a yeah. way you can like do that with being humble at the same time
0: I do think he needs to be humbled a little yeah. bit
2: yeah anyways we're not talking about oh, men today sorry. we're talking about women well, like, so one thing I've always appreciated about um Catherine is that she has a way like she said in that quote and like you were saying she has like a way of creating neutrality among women especially the lead women characters that she puts in her film like in blue still was Jamie Lee Curtis, who was the lead um in that mm-hmm. character as a cop. I believe i'm it's the right song. yes yeah um and it was, she was just such a round character, being able to relate and uh relate with male and female audience members mm-hmm. um we weren't just like focusing on the fact that she was a woman, um which I saw in an interview um for Catherine, that was essentially her goal, so I I really appreciate that. Like I appreciate that too, and especially that she that
1: was like because a lot of the the movies that she does, even though I'm not necessarily a fan of them, it is huge because those movies are always male dominated and male focused, and there definitely is when it comes to like military and action films. There's definitely a huge masculine aspect of it, and I think for her to come out guns blazing, like kind of literally, um, having these women kind of act in quote-unquote masculine roles and I think that was I, I like didn't think about it until I was like kind of looking into it because mm. I just kind of like see a military movie and I'm like I mean yeah it's a military <laughs> movie but yeah you you're know th- what you're gonna yeah, yeah but when you're thinking on on the context of her being a female director and um having putting like Jessica Sastain and Jamie Lee Curtis and these again like what you said like round character roles and something that super has been and still continues to be male dominated um as the film industry and military movies or action movies as a whole is huge and that is something to commend um so yeah
0: i think also like the fact that these movies um like you said these are like the demographic for these movies is mostly men Mm -hmm. and i think a lot of times and when it's these type of movies, but they're directed by men, the female characters are sort of eye candy and they're yeah. treated as objects. So but now they're for, being
1: forced to like yeah. identify with a woman. Yeah. So for so a like, female
0: director to make movies, quote unquote, are that are for men. Now they're, yeah, they're forced to look at these female characters as people, which like, wow, what a Whoa. concept. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I think I think it's really cool that this is like um, mm-hmm. her genre.
1: Yeah, I like that for her. You know, she was married to James Cameron. I just thought that was interesting. I did not know that. I Googled her and I saw that. You know, that kind of I of,
0: yeah, I had no idea, but I see it. You know?
2: Yeah, it makes sense. <laughs> yeah, I was about to say, you look like you're about to say that makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> I'm all for um, this era of women directors. And just like you were saying earlier, um that saying that you know there needs to be more women directors. I agree, women are minority, so when they're put in this um, position of power, eight, nine times out of ten uh, I guess, depending who you're working with but um, they're going to try to make it as equal and fair as uh, possible. They're not just gonna try to down anybody, you know. So, mm-hmm. I mean, at least me. Um, so, the next director we're gonna be
1: talking about is Sofia Coppola, who is one of my personal mm. favorites. Um, I think, so Sofia Coppola, along with other movies, had her most famous ones. These are just the ones that I thought off the top of my head. Okay. Um, Marie Antoinette, Virgin Suicides and Lost in Translation. But the yeah. bling ring, I think <laughs> is like, that was my first introduction to her. And that was like I quintessential. I was just about to say that. <laughs> that was like quintessential for like, I feel like people are Yeah. No, really.
2: I think what was I like? Uh, that was like 10 years ago. So I was like 12 or 13. And I just <laughs> remember being in the store. This was after the movie that came out. And I just picked up like a DVD from the DVD section. And I was like, I need to watch this. And then it's based on like true events. I'm like mm-hmm. iconic. So yeah, that was the first film of hers that I got introduced to. So
1: mm-hmm. and I think I like Sophia Coppola because she does like people who are lonely yeah but also like in a position of power in a way very well you're getting on the (laughs) note and that's why like she's one of my favorites and that's like a theme in like every single one of her movies it's someone who is lonely but first like and at first you're kind of confused why they're lonely and why they feel sad because they have they seem to have everything like right in front of them at like the like right there and reach with them. But it should. And I think I commend her for that because, I mean, she does come from a very wealthy family. Yeah. Um, and I kind of like and I think she she writes what she knows very well,
2: I guess. Is Someone check on
0: Sophia. It. Is she OK? I know.
1: Is she OK? <laughs>
0: <laughs> We're like, Sophia, are you good?
2: That's what I've always respected about her, that she doesn't try to be Anything she's not she takes her real life experiences growing up um, in the industry and then she tells these stories um, about famous people, well-off people um, through unsuspecting views and different perspectives so I think that's really awesome of her um, and I, I watching her films honestly, you wouldn't even think of her I dare comparing to her her to her father. they're like completely... Mm-hmm two different styles of yeah. directing films, so. Which I'm
1: sure was just like kind of really hard for her at the beginning, yeah. because I feel like it, when your father is Francis Ford Coppola, mm-hmm. like there's a lot to live up to. And, and I really appreciate that she didn't try to lean into what her father did and leaned into things that were from her perspective and stuff that she did know and would able to tell like a great story. Yeah. Um, which is
0: why I love her so much. I also, yeah, I also. National
1: treasure, Sophia Coppola. Oh, yeah.
0: (laughs) Um, I also really appreciate her as a writer, I think, because Mm -hmm. when I, when you watch the movie for the first time, you don't, okay, like, you don't, obviously you don't know much about the character, you don't know the arc, and then you get to the end, and you're like, oh, and then you watch it again, and it's like, it was there the whole time, Mm -hmm. but it's not like in your face. It's like very subtle things where like on each rewatch you'll catch more things mm-hmm. where you're like, oh my God, you'll get more insight on the characters which yeah. I love.
1: Yeah, the fact that she's able to make Marie Antoinette which is this big historical yeah. figure that we talk about and is able to make it that like even teenage girls can identify identify with is is really awesome, I think. Yeah, yeah.
2: yeah. And I didn't it, expect the film to be the way it was. No, at absolutely all. not. But when they opened with um. They, what's, what's that song that they opened with? I wrote it down because I was like, <laughs> I have to remember the song that they opened with. And Isn't, I it I find it. Isn't it? I want candy. Isn't it? I want candy. No. Like- it was um. Watch, I'm gonna find it after, and I'm gonna be so mad. Um, but they, I forget what song they opened with, but they opened with that like rock punk song, and I was like. I know what type of film this is about to be. Mm-hmm. This is not a regular, <laughs> this is not your regular period piece. So, yeah yeah. yeah, yeah. She's awesome. Oh, it was Gang of Four Naturals Not In It.
1: It's not even on the soundtrack.
2: Really? Yeah.
1: Uh uh-uh. I'm just looking on Spotify though.
2: Oh, dang. But yeah, it was Gang of Four Naturals mm-hmm. Not In It. That's what it opened with. I, I mean, I don't. She I has don't know great
1: music is. taste. She does also. though. She really does. And I really appreciate that in films as well. I feel like sometimes, like as much as I do love, like leaning into the artsy aspect of it, we do like modern songs. We like like a good time. We like a good time, you know, and she does it really freaking well. Um, yeah, we are... I'm glad we're all Sophia Coppola-Sams. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. i so really happy. I
0: don't know if I was as much as a stand before, and then when I watched Somewhere, I was like, okay, mm-hmm. I get it now. It and then, like, off. I watched more, and I was like, okay,
1: mm-hmm. I
0: get it. I get it. Yeah. Um, like
1: the next director we're going to be talking about is Greta Gerwig. Bretta. I love that woman. <laughs> <laughs> I love her as well. <laughs> um, I mean, she... Well, before, she was an actress, right? And she, yeah, she was an actress and she, um, her biggest film, I, at least for me, is Frances Ha. Um, and that was a great movie. And she kind of, it's about a woman, like, it's like kind of like a coming of age movie, I think. Frances Ha is in a way. Um, and she was supposed to be in, in like a reboot of like How I Met Your Mother. How oh. I Met Your Father, but oh, yeah. then that ended up getting canceled. So she ended up starting directing and like working on Ladybird. Bird. So I didn't know
2: reboot of
0: yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, there is now with Hilary Duff. Yeah, like they're actually. <gasps> doing
2: Where have I been?
0: <laughs> it just got announced last week. I don't know. No, it just. Oh, okay. Out. Yeah, it's not out yet. So
2: okay. Oh, uh, wait. I'm so sorry. This is so off track. What is the reboot gonna be about? Like it's
0: like. All they said was like, it's a sequel slash reboot where it's called How I Met Your Father. So it's kind of like the same format where it's like this same format,
2: just a woman as Windows V, essentially oh okay I remember years ago they were talking about doing yeah. something like that but I didn't think mm-hmm. they were no like i watch I'll watch it but I didn't think they were gonna do it because years passed so I was like maybe yeah out. it's
1: really weird how that happens a lot like things will get stopped and then years later like the other one I think about all the time is 13 Reasons Why that oh, was yeah. supposed to be like a really long time ago um and Selena Gomez was supposed to be Hannah Baker mm-hmm. and then she ended up executive producing it later so i think it's like interesting how those things happen i like to yeah. do the episode on that that'd be super oh, fun yeah. um but i'm kind of glad that 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 ended up getting canceled because yeah. we wouldn't have ladybird and i feel like as much as it is kind of i don't know sad is the right word but like it's just kind of a reality of mother and daughter relationships mm-hmm. and the amount of people that people can relate to this story is insane because it's not something that's like super explored i mean i like mother daughter relationships in general are kind of complicated but seeing one as truthful as the one in ladybird i think is huge um and yes i won't you know what it, it deserves the hype, I think. Yeah, so. Yeah. I feel like a lot of people just hate, like to hate on things that, because they're popular. But when I first watched that movie, I literally was like, I'm transcending. I was like, this is good. <laughs> and it just, I like watching movies and Ladybird was one of those movies that I watched that reminded me why I want to be a director and be a producer. Because a lot of times when we're watching movies that are just, you watch it and you're like, oh my God, that was great. And then you see directed by, and it's a male name. It's just kind of like, kind of like
2: can i watch i'm writing this in my notes because shamefully i have not seen ladybird either so i'm just taking this all in i'm like is that that amazing it reminds (laughs) me
1: yeah i just also like i love movies that are about normal people Uh and i feel like hollywood loves to glamorize things and everything is like so Extravagant, which i also love i won't say here i literally was sitting here last week about talking about movie musicals like yeah. <laughs> i love that <laughs> shit too but i also love being grounded in a yeah, way. yeah it's
0: like nomadland i mm-hmm. it's so fun to watch people that are like
1: just regular like
0: regular everyday people
1: yeah exactly. it's much more relatable and like the end like this is one of my favorite endings to a film ever because it's so honest and I don't think I've watched the ending, not crying.
0: I, okay, the first time I saw it, it was like... A,
1: it was my first year of college. Yeah, first me year too. I me
0: too. And so I was already not okay mentally. Yeah, yeah, And yeah. so the ending... Well, I won't spoil <laughs> it for you because I think. do think you need to watch it. But like, I remember watching the ending and it like ends and I was like...
1: It's not like an
2: extravagant ending. It's no. just like a... Damn, I imagine yeah. my
1: mom yeah. like an ending. Yeah. <laughs> you know?
2: Oh, no. Look y'all are gonna make me cry watching this movie
1: no (laughs) No, you probably will and it's okay because sometimes i think we need to be reminded like even though like we don't agree with our moms all the time like they me tearing up
0: (laughs) literally thinking about it
1: it's such a good movie guys and it it really does deserve all of the love that it gets and i think it's one of those movies that are I mean, it already is a classic in my mind. I think so. It's a, it's a classic for sure. And the fact that was her directorial debut, like just made me so excited yeah. to see what she has next. And then,
0: also, what? I love like offbeat movies. I like I love offbeat movies and so I remember when I first started watching it and she like it's like in one of the first 10 minutes I think mm-hmm. and she jumps out of the car I was like
1: yeah
0: okay this is gonna be a good time right
1: yeah <laughs> I was like all right you love this movie yeah I was like okay. it's literally within the first like three minutes yeah yeah, yeah
0: um yeah. also timothy chalamet is in it for you timothy uh, the stands.
1: the stands yes
0: I'm sure that'll Are get a couple people him?
1: yeah I mean he's, I don't hate him I don't I feel like he's a very honest betrayal of how a lot of boys are.
0: Yeah. Oh, in the movie? Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. Oh, are you talking about Timothy Jamie in general?
0: Wait, I don't know. Do you mean in general or?
1: (laughs) I mean in general. Uh, Oh. I like him, yes. Okay. (laughs) Yeah, I like him. I just like, I'm just comparing it to like my friends who are like, Timothy shall yeah, fucking scams. Okay, yeah. and I'm like, I'm not that level, so I'm like, yeah, I like him. I if I, he's in a movie, I'm like, oh yeah, I'll watch it. They're
0: like oh Timothy, yeah, like that. Whereas yeah, yeah. they will literally lick like foaming the at the mouth like, behind him.
1: Yeah, yeah, I think he's very talented <laughs> and handsome. Obviously, I'm like, I'm not blind. He's really attractive, Um <laughs> but. Which leads me to her next film, which is Little Women, which is crazy. Kind of like when you think about the jump between her first movie yeah. and her second movie. But also they have a lot of similar themes.
0: The cast.
1: The, and also the same cast. Yeah. <laughs> just Saoirse. Yeah.
0: Um, and Timothy.
1: Oh, yeah. For, me forgetting. <laughs> Sometimes I try to block Timothy out of my head because oh, I just I feel like we get so much content about him he's everywhere he's literally everywhere he's on
0: sml every now and then yeah
1: exactly like good for him and he (laughs) He very much deserves it but like anyways back to Sorry. um little woman and i this was the first little woman like adaptation i had ever watched Mm. i didn't watch the other ones so when i watched this i was like lord i was like
0: have you had you, did you know the story beforehand like did you ever have to no,
1: read it no no i never had to read it either i kind of just went in blind to be honest oh. like i just kind of was like oh it's about sisters in the 1800s
0: i mean all right
1: let's watch I mean, it that's not wrong <laughs> yeah, exactly like, literally <laughs> the most plain way you can explain yeah. it is about sisters in the 1800s um and i love i just think i love the way she writes her female leads because yeah. I feel like a lot of times female leads are written very soft and demure and they always they have to like come into their own you know what I mean like and I, I appreciate that as well because I appreciate both ways but I like how Greta does it like her main characters are like coming out of gate swinging yeah. <laughs> like they are literally like here's my opinion in the first like two minutes of the movie yeah. and this is how I am and mm-hmm. this is how I am gonna be which is I was- <laughs> TikTok popped up on my For You page the other day, and it was, like, um, directors and their zodiac signs and their themes of the movies, and Greta Gerwig- Miss Greta Gerwig is definitely a fucking Leo. That is all I gotta say. She is most definitely a goddamn Leo, and it shows. And, um, because Leos are very unapologetically themselves, and- but at the under- like, underneath the surface, they're trying to satisfy a lot of different types of needs and um, trying to find themselves truly.
2: Are you a Leo? You're going hard for Leo. <laughs> no, I'm
1: a Libra, but, like, I have a lot of friends that are Leo. Are you a Libra, too?
2: I'm a Libra. When, when's your birthday? So off track. September 23rd. <gasps> Mine is the 29th. What? Or we're me. so close. I'm glad we're both September Libras. Yeah, we're me
1: too yeah there is a difference 100 um
0: what's the other month
1: october yeah i don't
0: know anything about i
1: was like other month of what like like
0: because okay
1: yeah so it goes leo libra then scorpio yeah
0: hmm.
1: scorpios are like october like beginning of november i think anyways breaking off the track But the <laughs> is definitely a fucking leo that's all i gotta say okay. um have you watched
2: um little women no, and now I'm just feeling so embarrassed. I haven't watched <laughs> it.
1: You're so fine. I feel like it's, it was like
2: oversaturated. I feel like both movies yeah. kind of got oversaturated because I, there was a lot of hype. I always meant to watch Little Women. It just never happened, mm-hmm. so. so long. So I
0: really, so like
1: whenever I see a runtime over like two hours, I'm like,
0: I used to okay, have, I need
1: to like. I need to clear some mental space. Yeah.
2: <laughs> I feel like the start is just gonna be so slow, but you're saying I don't know, like her movies, like just come out the gate swinging. So I
1: think I think the care. I think she has a really good way of introducing characters. Yeah,
0: I think it. It in terms of story, it is a little bit slow, but it's okay because the characters are written so you're well. you kind of invested in them yeah. too. Yeah, you like immediately you, you like them, and she writes each character so differently, and mm-hmm. also the acting is incredible. Like it's mm-hmm. just so fun. to to watch all these actresses like uh interact with each other because like I've never I don't know I've never seen like Emma Watson and Florence Pugh in a movie together yeah and so it was like a lot of fun um to see sort of the different characters because also I had never I didn't know anything about Little Women at okay. all I never read the book I never seen the other movies I
1: have watched the other adaptations okay, after yeah. this and this is my favorite for sure
0: I think it's the most yeah I think it's the most modern one that like I just think it's the best the mm-hmm. most well-made
1: because I think we've talked about it in another podcast, but I think why I like film at- adaptations, and I think Little Woman does deserve multiple adaptations because every adaptation is very, and I feel like this is a lot about movies in general, especially mm. like things that are period pieces. They, um, there's a lot of underlying storylines, and there's a lot that you can highlight, and you only have so much time to highlight different ones. You know yeah. what I mean? But I think this little woman that Greta Gerwig did, did a really good job of highlighting like women taking charge of their own life, mm-hmm. where for the other adaptations kind of didn't as much.
0: Yeah. I Yeah. Oh, okay. That's a good point. It, mm-hmm. it felt like the other ones, it was like the characters moving through the story. Whereas this one, I felt like the characters were advancing the story.
1: Ooh, that's a good way to put it. <laughs> well, yeah. Right. Like yeah, like the movie,
0: the action that the characters are um doing or what moves the story along where in the other ones it's kind of just happening because
1: mm-hmm. you know? as much as I love the Laurie plotline, that wasn't the most interesting one and I love it when movies do that that the most interesting plotline is not the love interest story mm-hmm. which is important I do love a good romance I will not mm-hmm. sit here and lie to you but like <laughs> I care a lot more about the personal development of a character uh-huh. and especially when it's a female character but I also did just shows that like it's important to have female writers writing mm-hmm. scripts about women yeah because yeah. this is what we're gonna get. A female forward film. Yeah. And I like you, Greta Growing. I'm looking more forward to more diversity in your films.
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> Anyways. Is
0: she is she is there something she's
1: I don't know what her next thing is.
0: Okay.
1: I'm not sure if she has one. I feel like she may she I feel like her vibe is definitely like taking it slow and like finding the right film.
0: Mm-hmm. I,
1: love her. <laughs> I love
2: her so much. Okay. So next up we have um, give her um, piece of try
0: mm-hmm. I'm
2: excited uh, yeah I'm I think try. definitely let us know what
1: you think
0: yes please because I I, I think she well okay that was enough about sorry I don't want to keep going on yeah because we have a lot to talk about so never mind
1: um the next person is Jennifer Lee which is kind of different because she is more in the animation world but I still think it's important especially when you consider Disney as a very much grounding factor for a lot of children um, so she directed, she co-directed Frozen and Frozen 2 with Chris Buck, and after John Lasseter left, as he should have, um, oh. she was promoted to CCO, which is Chief Creative Officer. So she makes kind of all the decisions on the films that they are putting out, um, and that was in 2018. So I think this is important to talk about in the concepts of Disney, because we're going to see a lot more female forward mm-hmm. um, storylines, which Frozen already proved to us that she's really good at. Yeah. And the films that came out, I think the ones that I remember that have come out under her so far is Wreck-It Ralph 2 and yeah. and The Last Dragon, which are both fantastic.
0: Wreck-It Ralph 2 is It's so good. It's so good. I think it's like the only di- like animated movie I have on DVD. And I really? got the seal book because I was okay. like, oh, <laughs>
2: Yeah, no, I, yeah, I think Wreck-It she she produced Wreck It. Was she a mm-hmm. producer or yeah, she was I mean, she she like a writer too. I can't remember. She was a writer
1: for Disney at first, oh. and then she, like she was just kind of like a co-writer, mm-hmm. and then she liked it so much she kind of stayed and then got to direct Frozen and stuff oh. like that. Um, so I'm very glad that Disney has a woman in this role now because well, I think it'll affect. Um, positively the representation that we're going to see because I think in regards to like Disney animation we're like we're tiptoeing into the right direction you know yeah
0: I think also like Disney is really catching on that um, women are good at being in charge um, because also (laughs) yeah the Lucas film department at um, Disneyland like the Star Wars ones is ran by a woman is Kathleen Kennedy Mm -hmm. and so she's in charge of all the new projects I think she did the most recent trilogy I believe. Is um, that why men
2: hated it? Yeah. I had no idea.
1: But
0: uh, does that make sense? So? I did not know that
1: either. Yeah, it yeah. makes sense now. Because, yeah, either. yeah, they fo- put a way more focus on women in the Everything's neutrality.
0: Everything's clicking. Yeah. She knows what she's doing. And I feel like a lot of Star Wars um, fanboys hate her because... Well, honestly, for no reason, because they just don't mm. like seeing female characters. I remember one time this kid in my class, when, it was like, the original trilogy was coming out, he was like, well, now we need another Star Wars movie with a guy. And I was like, why? He's like, because all of these ones have been women. Because it was, like, right after Rogue One have came out. Have you
2: seen I'm the like, last six last six? Yeah. What
1: are you talking about? About got all this material.
2: Yeah.
0: Um, and Marvel seen
2: movies. i since the dawn of Star Wars movies. Yeah.
0: yeah. I was like, what are you talking about? I think, yeah, I really... She. I love the new female characters. And also, like... Um, I think she really knows like what to do with this world. I
1: hate that fanboys totally wrecked Rose. Is that her name?
0: Yeah. Oh my god. Yeah. (laughs) It's so annoying. Star Wars fans are so annoying. I'm so sorry, not to generalize, but you're annoying. Like I am one. So, but I think yeah, I think I'm glad that Disney is like, women are in charge. Mm -hmm. Um,
1: Which is again like the first thing that we talked about was that women need to be in charge in order to have this gender. diversity
2: yeah
1: and also like i feel like a lot of times like women are more likely to take chances on interesting and like different stories yeah dare i say (laughs) um so i think i just wanted to like highlight jennifer lee for that because i think that's a huge accomplishment
0: i'm a fan of
1: her i like her yeah i really especially because she gave us frozen and frozen 2. like <laughs> I love, again like i love that there's like an underlying story like romantic storyline within that but at the core it's about family and no. sister love which is something that we literally had never seen before no, no. then so no, sure. shout out jennifer I mean, lee
2: after what i'm so glad that um yeah disney has started taking a turn on movies away from the romantic storylines cause it was getting tired. <laughs> I <know. laughs> so I I feel like I feel like with this new generation they've realized that and so it's definitely reeling everybody into their movies.
0: Yeah, I like it. Oh oh my there, god, wait, really quick Yeah, I think really quick side note. It's about Disney. But did you see that article that came out where it was this guy and he was saying like I like it was an article about how he Disney was becoming too woke? and that he can't even enjoy going what? to Disneyland anymore because, like, he gets on Pirates of the Caribbean and he sees that the ride got woke because they took out, like, the prostitution scene and that, like, he doesn't want to go to, like, um, Splash Mountain because now it's, like, print... Pretty... I'll send you the article, but it... I was like, what are you... It's What's so his weird.
2: career? What's, what does he do? Like, I, I literally
0: just... have no idea. Wow. I think he just, so he's relevant. Did... Yeah. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> do, don't even know me, I just think it's so interesting that, like, male are so upset
1: I don't know (laughs) what it is I'm sure there's a study I need to look into it because now I'm like my head is like reeling about it but like men really try to uphold tradition but I also think it's because tradition is rooted in patriarchy so whenever they feel like they're and I feel like this is just an overall theme of men yeah um they really like being in dominating positions and when they aren't they scramble and they literally go for the lowest things to tear other people down on to it um whether that be in the aspects of the film industry giving women lower budgets or telling them no you can't make a story about that because you're a woman Mm -hmm. and like no one's gonna listen to a woman about that Mm -hmm. like i'm i know that statement has been said to females in the entertainment industry
2: yeah
1: and And i I mean it's just
2: yeah yeah i so when i was uh 16 i went to this film camp Mm
0: -hmm.
2: and i was in this group um we're all placed yeah i'm scared too Oh, Lord! <laughs> so uh, I got accepted to the film camp, at, mm-hmm. well, an arts camp. I got accepted to the film department. And so, of course, majority of the film department was male. And uh, yeah, so we were all placed into groups for our final film project. And I was placed into a group of all males and it was all white males so i was like this is how it is in the industry (laughs) So i was like curious to see how my interactions were going to go with my group and albeit um one of my group members he was really or a couple of them were really awesome i really liked them but for the majority like um a couple of the members were just trying to like throw my voice in the back. Like I had came with this awesome list of films mm-hmm. that we should try to do for the project. And they were like, uh, I don't know. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then I was trying to give them some genres and kind of work off their films too. And I just felt like my voice kept getting mm-hmm. muted. And so finally know. my, one of the film assistants, uh, she was a student at that college. She came over and she was like, I like Naja's films. Naja's got the best idea here. So why don't you <laughs> go with her? I love that. And then they were trying to, of course, make the character in the film a male too. Oh my God. Um, so she was like, why is Naja not playing the lead role in this oh. film project that you're doing? So I carried that project. Let me not do <laughs> <laughs> you know, my, my group did a great job, but it just um, goes to show, like it's it starts from an early age so 100%. that was such a bad taste in my mouth like just to yeah. say like this is what I'm going to be dealing with going into the film industry so yeah. as a woman you have to have extremely tough skin and if somebody just because someone's going to disrespect you you can't take it to heart <laughs> it has nothing yeah. to do with you. exactly you just have to prove them wrong yeah. and
1: like just keep persevering as like agonizing as can be but like I feel like what you said like I feel like almost every single woman that goes into film industry has that interaction. I've had that interaction where I'm like, I, cause you're, you're confident in your ideas when you mm-hmm. go in you're like, Oh shit, like look, you went off at this idea. Yeah. <laughs> like let's pitch it to them. And you pitch it to them. And then when everybody shoots it down automatically and you're like sitting there, like, was it really that bad of an idea? But then you look around at the people in the room and you're like, no, it's just because they're all men and they yeah. don't care about what I have to say. And sometimes, that reality sucks, and sometimes it it feels like really daunting, and feels like you get a really big sense of imposter syndrome. Mm. But if yeah. you are listening, and like you're a woman wanting to go into the industry, like just know that there's so many people out there that are rooting for you and want you to succeed. And I feel like where we're progressing in the industry. There's so much room for us to be and be heard. Finally, yeah. So that, and I think that is a perfect segue to talk about um, Aver Duvernay, Ooh! who is a really awesome champion yeah. of this. And I want you to start with like if you want to start, because I know you wanted to talk.
2: Yeah, literally, I'm so mad because I left it in the hallway. I was about to bring out my Ava DuVernay pop figure.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Oh my God, yeah. Oh
2: oh, man, I left it like across the hall. I'm so mad. (laughs) I have this Ava DuVernay pop figure and she's in the box. She's never coming out. Mm -hmm. (laughs) That's how big of a fan I am. But I love Ava DuVernay. Um, I, I can honestly just say like, Man, she's been such a huge inspiration for me um, ever since she came out with her... What was her, her big, big uh, film that she directed? She directed Selma. Um a Wrinkle in Time? What, no, Selma. Oh, Selma. Oh, okay. oh Selma. And um, my dad was always telling me about her as she was up and coming before. And so I just... I don't know. She's just, she's just amazing. I'm speechless. Mm-hmm. If I meet her... I'm speechless. <laughs> Honestly,
0: I feel yeah. like you'll get to I work get with started. her at some point. Like, yeah,
2: hundred <laughs> percent.
0: Ava, if you're listening, <laughs> Ava, not, but it is stop,
2: because um, I'm so having a fangirl moment because there, you know the app Clubhouse. Yes, she's always on so there. I was in this room, and she stepped into the room, and I was trying to get on the stage so bad. Uh-huh. I was like, I got questions for you, girl, but I didn't get on the stage. But it was just so nice to listen to um the advice and for her to share her experiences with all these uh for free all these up-and-coming filmmakers and one thing I've always admired about her is that she didn't even pick up a camera I think uh don't quote me on this I think until she was 35 mm-hmm. and that's how and she was like I want to be a director and look at her now she's doing amazing mm-hmm. things so that just goes to show it's never too late yeah
0: mm-hmm.
2: Ava DuVernay is a Virgo and I feel like that it's
0: very it's
1: very prevalent into what she like does and like look at like her biggest things is about justice and like making people feel heard and she and I think that's awesome and I think it's also awesome that not only does she use her platform to raise up these stories I think it's awesome that she tries to make personal connections with people that are, have been affected by these stories and actually hears out the people that it's affected yeah. and translates that into the source material, which I feel like a lot of times when we do get things like a biopic about Martin Luther King or any um, Black historical figure, especially, a lot of times it's written by white people or directed by a white person and they don't do their due diligence at all to yeah. try to be respectful to the person that they're making a movie about. It- Which I think is like so crazy. (laughs) It's just so insane to me that people don't try to actually find the truth because I feel like that should be your goal,
2: especially when you're talking about historical figures. That should be
0: step one. Like, how did this get mixed up in the especially
2: if you're going to, as they always do, make the whole production crew white people. and like nothing is accurate at all exactly and I think yeah
1: like Ava Dooney is such an inspiring filmmaker in general because she's able to do this and also she, she champions herself while also empowering other people at the same yeah. time and I think that's just a, a very admirable thing to do and like when you were talking about your production company in our intro and saying that you want to like uplift other creators yeah. like I was like Yeah that's exactly what I want to do too. Like I think when you find your own success in the film industry it's so important for you to uplift others Mm -hmm. so you can champion other people that look like you so we are able to see what stories we like
0: should be seeing.
1: Like we live on a day to day also and should be seeing like on the big screen.
0: So yeah I really like uh, that Ava DuVernay, for one, she's incredible at what she does, mm-hmm. um, but I also really like, because I saw a couple, I don't remember when this started, because I follow her on social media, and she posted about it, because they were like taking interns, I believe, but she launched uh, uh, an independent distribution company called Array. I don't know if I said that right. Yeah. Um, but it's basically, like it's focused on films by people of color and women, which I'm like, that's so... Like I mm-hmm. love when people use their platform and their power to... How people more people yeah. like get up on the stage with them yeah I think it's so admirable and I think like, I think
1: that at the end of the day that's what comes to you and I think that's where the film industry needs to go because yeah. I feel like the film industry as a whole it's very just one set minded and yeah. you can only it feels very um clicky in a way I don't no know. no it, know that makes mean? sense it's like
0: very closed off mm-hmm. and so you have secretive to like
1: secretive and like nepotism is like rampant in it you know what I mean you have to
0: know where the (laughs) doors are to get in yeah
1: exactly and that's why we're not seeing I really do believe that's why we're seeing like the same shit on the screen like all the fucking Mm. time like how many more movies about people white people do we need to see
2: and then on top of that just with the with like people just knowing someone so immediately they get their film some of it is hot Trash, and I'm like, yeah. why <laughs> didn't you even produce? And mm. then there's like a famous person in it, and I'm like, yeah, they definitely knew someone within the industry. because Yeah, crazy. I have no idea. This is what awesome. I'm saying.
1: I'm like, it's it's just so weird how the industry works around. So that's why I'm glad we're starting to see people like Ava Duvernay use their power for good.
0: Yeah, which yeah.
1: is crazy that it hasn't happened before now. Um, but I'm glad somebody, somebody had to do it.
0: Yeah, we love her, and she
1: does it with grace
2: yeah she's amazing she's amazing
1: and the next person we're going to talk about is Issa ray um yeah. she is very dominant in the t- television world yeah
0: yeah
2: listen now i'm going off again no
1: <laughs> as you should be
2: <laughs> they're literally my two favorite like mm-hmm. producer director women And so for Issa Rae, I've been following like her work for a long time. I've been following her work since I was like 12. So I've been there Mm -hmm. for all of it. And that was when she created her web series, Awkward Black Girl. Mm -hmm. And it was, I was like, this is hilarious. This is relatable. This is me. Um, And then from there, she was able to, you know, go ahead and be a producer, director and actor for mm-hmm. HBOs like um, What They're Insecure, um, The Black Lady Sketch Show, and uh, I'm definitely missing something, but I know she's creating another show about like two rapper girls. Um, oh. they, well, I don't know what
1: the title is though.
2: Yeah, I forget what the title is, but I know that she's working on it right now. Mm-hmm. But yeah, she's just been. Such an inspiration and her story is like the craziest story because she really went the untraditional route um, Mm -hmm. to get to the top place that everybody wants and is making like eight figures. It was crazy because I know when she was, I was like looking at this interview and she had tried to go the traditional route she said and she was taking her shows and pitching it to all these networks Mm and either the networks weren't doing things that she thought that they should be doing with the show Mm -hmm. or they just didn't believe in the idea. So she was just like, I'm going to create my own. So she created her web series and then shows were coming to her asking for her. her Awkward Black Girl, but she ended up creating a new show for HBO. So she's absolutely amazing and I'm a big fan of like all the Issa Rae productions that she has Mm -hmm. she doesn't
1: Um, miss like she she, really really truly does not miss ever and I think I'm really excited to see her especially go into like I love her tv shows and I'm excited to see her expand beyond television and see like kind of like her empire grow because I think she's one of the people that really do deserve it and does it so beautifully I, and I, like, I, like, like, like she's not even trying exactly write
0: something on a napkin and it's like, And that's so Oscar. refreshing to see yeah. somebody
1: literally be so true to themselves, yeah. and be successful in the industry. And I think especially because she didn't do the traditional route, I think that's also really encouraging. And I feel like especially because you can upload anything to YouTube and Vimeo nowadays, like it's encouraging to know, That somebody who deserved it got to do what they wanted to do and succeeded so much.
0: I also really like that, like what the work she's putting out there is just like so positive and like Mm -hmm. joyful because, like, I think a lot of times, I don't know. Well, also
1: like touching on like important, yeah, Mm -hmm. like
0: but in a in a way that's not harmful to the people Mm -hmm. watching it. Um, A dramedy. Period. (laughs) Mm
2: -hmm. Yeah, no, really. Because I feel like in this day and age, a lot of the Black films that are being um, produced are about, like, Black trauma. And it's so tiring. And I'm like, there's more to Black people than just um, the traumatizing (laughs) experiences that we are facing. We're people. So I'm excited for this new wave of Black directors, Black women directors and producers that are showing all these different genres and just experiences that we go through so yeah i'm really excited and she's she's honestly like inspired me to do my own web series and i had started mm-hmm. working on it when i was 19 and then i took a break
0: uh-huh.
2: and then i'm working on it now again so we'll see look out for ennis for nausea my web yeah. series. <gasps> also if Issa ray if you're listening please mentor me. I'm begging. Oh my God. Isarae. Yeah.
0: Hi Isarae.
2: Isarae or Ava DuVernay, please. I'm begging. I feel like both hi, of them you know, are always like
1: on Twitter and Instagram. Yeah, they're so, like, like always on the lookout. I feel lookout. like that's a good way to like do it.
0: Yeah.
2: Honestly. I'm going to take this clip from yes. the show. We'll send it to you. Ava. Right, thank you.
0: Okay, we'll post it on TikTok we'll be like, hi. Yeah, we
1: co-signing. <laughs> We're co-signing. Even yeah. though like our co-sign doesn't matter. We're co-signing. No, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, um,
2: Totally
0: matters. <laughs> <laughs> I also really quickly wanted to plug Nia Costa because I know you mentioned like Black female filmmakers mm-hmm. and she, um, you also mentioned like uh, how a lot of films are sort of portraying Black trauma. And I think that's like a thing that's happening a lot in the horror genre. Mm-hmm. And yeah. so I think Nia, Nia Costa, her new Candyman movie is coming out. And then on top of that, she's doing Captain Marvel 2. Mm-hmm. And I, I haven't really seen anything that she's done yet, but I'm very excited to see what she does, I just think it's because you don't get a Candyman movie and a Captain Marvel movie like a Marvel movie if you're not good. Yeah. So no, I'm you very don't. Yeah. I mean, yeah, that's like, so true. I
2: can't wait to see uh, Candyman, and I think Ava DuVernay is going to be directing a new um, Marvel movie as well. So
0: yeah, wow. I think she was supposed to do New Gods for DC, uh-huh. but DC, I don't know what's going on with them, but they like canceled it. But I, I don't think she's not getting. It. I think they're just like rerouting what they're doing.
1: Yeah, we'll talk about uh, yeah. it a little bit later. Um, you put this on here? No, I didn't. You put American Psycho? I wouldn't. Did put it. I really? Yeah, I wouldn't put American Psycho on Do you want to skip it?
0: Did I, I, have... I put it on the outline or did yeah, I put, it, put, on put it on
1: the? Yeah, you put on the.
0: Oh, oh! I just wanted to mention this. We can oh, like do this really quickly. Okay. Because I really admired that, like this story, because like when Mary Heron. I... Yeah, 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 Mary oh. Heron. <laughs> so we didn't even say her name. Um, I, I think when you first. Like, if you look at the post for American Psycho, you're like, oh, this movie is for men at first. Mm-hmm. But then when you really watch it, it's really about, like, toxic, like, male masculinity and their fragile egos and, like, mm-hmm. how, you know, how dangerous men can be. If- Ooh,
1: they did the bait and switch on everybody. Yeah. Because that's why I didn't watch it.
0: I was shook. I was, I shook. was. I was wow. shook. And so... Um, I don't know. That's all I'll say about that one. But I do think because well,
1: American Psycho is about Norman Bates, right? No, that's Psycho. Uh-huh.
0: American Psycho is about this guy <laughs> that, like, he's like I don't know what his job is. He's like a high like, end, like
2: something for like I don't know, corporate or something. yeah, something mm-hmm.
0: corporate and um he's actually a killer and so i i think the part where i was like oh my god there's no way this is directed by a man where was when when there's this one part where they're like comparing business cards Mm -hmm. and like they're like so boring like they're all like just white and he like freaks out about like a a little like business card because like of the font it used and he like gets so upset and i was like this a woman made this (laughs) because like there's no way a man would just be like oh yeah men get upset for over anything, and I was like, no, I mean, they no, way. Can do it, no, 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 but I'm saying like there's no way a yeah, man yeah, would put that I in know. a movie, but like uh, the,
1: that, I feel like has happened. Like, oh, 100%.
0: Yeah, yeah. That was not satirical. I'll have to watch it then. Yeah, I it was, is worth a watch.
2: Just like quickly before we skip over, I thought it was just interesting because just watching it, you think, like, oh, this is fake, like, it's just an imaginary world. There's no way he's just out here, just sh- shooting up.
0: Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah.
2: Like he would be in jail. Um, But then I had watched an interview with about with her. I watched an interview of her and the author um, and they wanted it to be ambiguous because, you know, he's in this like corporate world. Everybody's the same. Everybody looks the same. You know, you can't differentiate, differentiate anybody. Um, So it just really makes you, it makes you think. And then I know it's like, he has a hard time and then you have a hard time distinguishing reality and um who i love movies like that reality and uh what what's the other word like fantasy fantasy Fantasy. yeah yeah. so you're like okay he's doing this to this people is it as extreme as it seems to be and i think that it actually is because they said they wanted it to be to be so um ambiguous but um yeah it's just it's just really interesting
0: yeah.
2: um i'm gonna have to watch the movie more in depth.
0: But... yeah yeah because i only saw it once a long time ago and like i just remembered being like "Hmm, interesting see
1: i thought it was like a modern take on on psycho
0: that's like what i movie. that's literally why i watched it because i thought it was like a remake or something yeah that's um, what i thought it is not well i'll
1: it have it. to watch it then yeah I did yeah. not know it was directed by a woman. Yeah. Um, so
2: the thing, though, I know the, if I'm right, the, I know the author, the director, Marie, Mary, excuse me, she was, like, not too happy, correct me ooh. if I'm wrong, that, like, people were thinking that it was, like, coming as, like, off as fake, like, it was all in his oh. head, completely in his oh. head. And then I think the author said something like, that's why he doesn't believe this book should have because i think it's based off a book it is yeah okay doesn't think it should have been a movie because with films everybody well at least american films i think everybody needs a definite ending versus with like a film in europe people are fine with the way the movie ends it ended like that cool but Mm -hmm. in america we need a definite do you think
1: that's so weird that in american films that's a thing and like that's why a lot of times when a film doesn't have a definite ending it gets like ripped to shreds yeah. but it's like why do you need to it help. to be why- spelled out
2: for you I answer for everything so yeah american films just want to answer yeah i think yeah. i've become content like the more i've started watching european yeah. films. um and i've been like uh, in asian films i've been like okay it ended yeah. like this. i'm fine with that mm-hmm. um so i always encourage filmmakers don't just watch american films yeah watch the whole um watch ghost. everywhere yeah
0: i think yeah like you were saying like sometimes there is no answer that's going to be satisfying and sometimes no answer is what's going to be satisfying because there's no way that you're like there's no satisfying ending that you could have other than yeah. not knowing
1: so mm-hmm.
0: yeah <laughs> you being impressed with the things i'm saying today
1: i know like for one
0: maybe kidding. we just have to do a podcast always at 10 a.m maybe that's what <laughs> my brain is on
1: maybe i don't know um the next, good. this is like completely switching gears but it'll be a yeah. bit of while for book smart um i just want to put this on here because um i did like a poll on like my story and like asked people who their female like favorite female director is like their movie and then people are like I know this is basic like everybody kind of like started like I know this is basic but like Booksmart by Olivia Wilde and I hate that like we have to feel like it's basic even though it's such a genuine story about two friends like the and like I think that also shows like how if anything is like female led or female dominated or a lot of women like it it's automatically not cool or basic or like stupid because it's about women and it's for women. Like, while we've had all of these, imagine like imagine that I'm, like, going to every, like, other film and it's like, we have all this for men. Yeah. Oh, we have this tiny stack for women. Yeah. And, like, half of them are rom-coms. Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? And I, I think that sucks that people have to feel basic or, like, silly for liking comedies and, yeah. like things about women
0: uh, yeah i've also noticed that like with a lot of these movies they get big because they're good yeah. and then people are like oh well it's overrated i'm like is it overrated yes. or is it just good like
1: it's just
2: sometimes
0: good. if something is good it's gonna blow up as it should
2: exactly like that doesn't make
0: it any less valuable of a story mm-hmm. at all with, like Was, all of these yeah.
2: wasn't this like her act her excuse me her directing debut to yeah. mm-hmm. props to her yes
1: and i think like between her and greta gerwig i think a lot of the reason why their directorial debuts were so good is because they started off as actors, yeah. and I've heard that like the best direct- directors have taken acting classes or have been actors before because they know what they're looking for in yeah. cues, and that's why I'm like, yeah. maybe I should sign up for an I acting class.
0: They like as much
1: as like it, it's such a vulnerable ass position it's- to be in. Like I want to be the best director I yeah. could possibly be.
0: I you do. I. They- I yeah, yeah. Yeah. I completely agree with that I think for what for my directing class we had to take or for my what what did I even just say for my for my major we had to take an acting class and I was like this is going to be a nightmare it was a nightmare I hated it yeah but I understood why like it it has to be done I was miserable because like I absolutely cannot act and the thought of it makes me want to throw up but I understood because now I'm like well now I see how vulnerable people are being and it's like you have to be careful as I think as a writer and like as a director you have to be like very careful because like what what you're writing and what you're making these people do, they're actually gonna feel it. That's their mm-hmm. job, and so you have to be very careful with what. That's
2: you a that's a really good way to put it. You're right.
0: Yeah, I always in say way.
2: like as a to be the best director and to be the best producer, you need to have experienced yeah. every role in production yeah. as possible. 100%. You need to have had experience with lighting editing, writing, acting, all of that, even if it makes Mm -hmm. you uncomfortable, because how are you going to put yourself in a position of power to um, work with a team of people, but you have no idea what's going on because you haven't experienced it yourself. And it allows you kind of that, it allows you to respect them and to give them their own space for creativity because you've been there yourself. So exactly.
1: Yeah, I'm definitely gonna sign up for acting class. As much yeah. as like it dreads me, and like I literally get, I, I want to break out like the high thinking yeah. about it. But like I as I don't think I think I can like I think it's true. Like it it shows, and like you can start off with a bang, like with your directorial debut if you're able to identify with all these positions. And I I so desperately want to be like if I'm gonna be a director, I want to be able to identify with anybody on the yeah. set. And I think that's like a great. Thing to like show is like you have to be in every role to have like empathy and compassion for yeah. everybody around you, which I feel like is like a really big thing. A lot of big shot producers yes. and big shop directors lacked is empathy oh and compassion God. for the because you're just going on this ego trip. You know what I mean? And nobody's there to check you because the people that are directly around you also have the huge big egos as well because yeah. you're in the positions <laughs> of power. Um, and I, yeah, I think that's huge.
0: Yeah, I think, like, for example, like, because what you're talking about, um, I think the ex- example that popped into my mind was Quentin Tarantino when he was, uh, was it Kill Bill, I think? And he, like, almost killed, like, in the seven. actress. Uma Wait, Therese. what? Yeah, he was, like, he, he like... Okay, so there was, like, some kind of car stunt, I believe. And, like, he knew that something was, like, wrong with it and was going to happen, and he didn't tell her to get make the shot more realistic. He literally put her life in danger. And I literally... I always say this. There's, yeah. I don't care how good you think your movie is that it's not worth someone's life. No. No, I don't care if you think it's the new coming of Christ. It's not worth anyone's life. No. No, no stunt double, no nothing. No, I don't care. Literally you said sit down. like now.
1: a body double, yeah. like a sack of sand. So like.
0: I think when you said it, like, it, <laughs> literally just literally all these... Literally
1: not um, a human being. <laughs>
0: yeah, I think these huge directors, um, a lot of them lack empathy. Um, yeah. And, you got me you know,
2: itching.
1: I know. I know. No, literally thinking about it makes me want to itch, but... Anyways back to Olivia Wilde I like I, like what we're saying I think yeah. that's why it was so good and also it just seemed like the way that all the actors talked about being on set because I, when I watched this movie, I was like, I knew I was going to like it before I watched yeah. it. I was like, I feel like this is just like my type of movie. And it absolutely is. And I have no shame in that. And when I finished watching it, I was like, okay, now time to watch every single interview they've ever done, which is <laughs> I, literally, if I like something, I'm going to watch every interview that yeah. is out there on it. And as as I should. And I feel like as somebody who wants to go into the industry, if you really like something, you really fuck with something, watch it like, the producers talk about it, watch the directors talk about it, watch the actors talk about their experiences on set. Like as much as I love the cute little like surface level, like truth The Buzzfeed like I'm gonna look on like Vanity Fair where they're having like the actors on actors and yeah. stuff like that. So I can really get a sense of what it's like to be in the industry and like the things beyond the superficial layer of it. Yeah. So I think that's a great way. Cause I feel like also just overall, Sometimes when you see people who come from nepotism or already actors and successful actors in the industry getting like director spots and stuff, it can be kind of daunting as well, but there, I think it's, especially when it comes to like female directors and BIPOC directors, a lot of them are more open to making the industry less stigmatized and mm are more open to sharing information for free. Like we see with Ava DuVernay, like she doesn't have to be on fucking clubhouse for hours a day talking to people for free. Like like she really doesn't have to, but, and they don't have to go to these vanity fair things and talk about all the issues that they're going, they're going through or like obstacles they've had to face, but they do it because they love what they do and they want to share that, which I feel like is such a great jump from where Mm. we were before um and that's why i like watching actors and directors and stuff like that like my favorite things to watch are when directors like break down a scene is Me that vanity too. fair it and is think, vanity, like, fair. Yeah, yeah. vanity Fair. kills it yeah with their like oh, content and it makes it it seems like it's fun because you get to see them be like normal people but it's also like you're gaining so much knowledge Wait, about, that's like, thinking about. with it. like the pen yeah the and, pen. Oh, god, oh god i love, god, I love those, those yeah. things um, but that's why I like the book part because th- when the actors talk about their experience on set, and I'll, I'll, for some reason, a lot of the questions are talking about like their, because it is an ensemble cast, and that's yes. why I love ensemble casts, um, talking about their experiences with each other and how the dynamic was on set. And I'm just like, I want my set to feel like that. Mm-hmm. Like, if I take, that's what I learned from Olivia while. I was like, if I take anything from watching all these things, is that I want my actors to have fun on set because it really translates to the film especially when you're doing like a comedy movie so they I they love Booksmart.
2: smart what's it called they some of those scenes they kind of just like improvise, right mm-hmm. yeah. yeah okay. And it's like
1: and try and because she's an actor she's able to understand like to trust her actors to move and like it, i feel like sometimes directors want to stick to what they wrote or whoever wrote so precisely and sometimes it comes off stiff you know what i mean because i feel like it's very a rigid environment and nobody likes to be like under rigid any circumstances you know I no. mean? It, it like especially when you're in a creative field you want people to feel inspired on your set you know what i mean because i feel like collaboration is huge on these sets and i think that's why i love vipoc directors and women directors because they're more likely to allow that on a set yeah just from what i gathered yeah um but i feel like i'm right <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah um and that moves on to lulu wang who had the farewell and i think i love this movie so much i mean I, because she, i'm i'm half asian and lulu Wang is an asian director i feel and i feel like a lot of this story has to do with kind of There's a lot of things with the storyline, but I the one thing that I resonated with was how her parents immigrated to America and like her kind of like having struggle talking about what she cares about versus what her parents care about, I guess. And that kind of generational divide, because like I go through that with my mom and I mean, my dad, too, but it, it sometimes it's hard to hear. I don't think like they do it intentionally. Mm. By the way, like I think this is just how it is. Like when my parents talk about what degrees I got, they don't talk about my film degree. They talk mm-hmm. about my marketing degree, mm-hmm. um, which like it hurts my feelings. Oh, yeah. But obviously, because like I care about film a lot more than I care about marketing. Yeah. Um, but it like in parallel to the farewell um Aquafina's character she is like a a writer like and she's like a creative type of person where for as her parents like kind of feel like there's like they don't openly talk about it but there is like a sense of kind of disappointment on her Mm -hmm. parents behalf because it's like well her parents sacrificed like everything to come to America to give her this life and she kind of feels like a fuck up in this way because she's not able to like break that cycle for her parents which I feel like it's a lot I feel like that's a, a burden that a lot of first generation American children have yeah that we don't really talk about
0: no I think also like what I really like about this movie is I love a family dynamic mm-hmm. I like literally everything I write is like at the root of it it's about family um I don't know what that's about I will ask a therapist but um <laughs> but I that's what I really like about this movie is that like it's just about family.
1: Mm-hmm. And
0: um, It's so honest the Good. Too. And bad parts of
1: it. Yeah. Um A24 kind of kills on producing A24. Um films about families. They kind
2: of A24 it. has great films though. Yeah.
0: So
1: that was a surprise.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Like how people like to hate on A24 but I'm like look at all the slappers no, they play Yeah. Out, like they kind of kill it.
0: They really kill it. I think like how many of these are A24? A couple. Lady Bird is A24. Right? Lady
1: Bird is A24. The Farewell. Is the A24.
0: Farewell. Um maybe not that many not on.
1: that many on here I tried to like not
0: oh no, just kidding suck. I thought it was way more
1: I tried to not suck their ass on that one okay like as much as I love twenty
2: four, I get it yeah you know <laughs> <laughs> or any anyway.
0: no that was that I, that's was all weird. I had to say about the farewell have
2: you watched the farewell so I did I think that she did a really good job it just makes you feel comfortable um yeah mm-hmm. And I think just her taking it from real life experience made it even more real, and you can mm-hmm. relate with every one of the characters. And it was interesting, like you said, just to see that um, distinction between being uh, growing up growing up in America and then your family. <laughs> where's her family from? It was from China, right? China.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah. Just how different the, tra- the traditions are now, and how mm-hmm. she kind of battles with you know um how they all battle with the family's decision tell the grandma or don't tell the grandma yeah Mm -hmm.
1: and it's just like i think films like this are so important to show i mean the main character is an american right but uh, her family comes from china and there's a lot of like cultural disparity and cultural differences and how they want to deal with things because she wants to tell her grandma right but her family's like, no, that's not what we do. Yeah, and it, it it's interesting to like see that happen because I feel like that's so reflective of a lot of people today yeah. dealing with that. And I think that's why it's important to have younger directors as well to tell their stories because like when you see something that you've gone through or somebody you know goes through, it helps you empathize with them more and just also just helps overall accept other cultures, which is something that I feel like America in general has tried to like paint this picture that we're this amazing melting pot and blah 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 blah. but when in reality we're not we're erasing people's cultures and not and that's why sometimes like when you're a first generation american you have a hard time understanding where like your grandparents or your parents are coming from because as much and like you it's hard because like you're seeing it from their side because they wanted you to have the best life you possibly could but at the expense of losing their own a culture and kind of a piece of their identity
0: yeah it's so like it's so hard it's like the ancestry.com thing like <laughs> white people will do it all the time and they get this huge family tree and then mm-hmm. like people who came here they'll be like maybe little pieces here and there mm-hmm. but it's essentially a mystery like yeah. your culture and your backstory
1: yeah it's just validating i just love i just want to see more stories about other cultures and stuff like that and like i think general generational trauma between like parent yeah. and and um child. child. <laughs> He's like I was like, what's the word? Yeah. <laughs> child and just general oh, differences, generational differences is just so interesting to me. And I think she did it so well. I don't know if that was like her main thing, but that's what I took away from yeah, same. Um, was this her first
2: film? I've never seen I think this is her Yeah,
1: yeah. yeah I think so because I remember the reason why this got picked up is because she told this story on like a podcast and then all of a sudden all these producers were like ringing her up and being like hey can we get like the film rights to your story and she was like
2: hold on <laughs> oh, hold wow. on when I did um, research after like of course and then it says it, it says like based on a real lie or whatever mm-hmm. I was like oh okay this is true because I'm like how would someone think of a plot like this I'm like yeah. I'm not creative. <laughs> Literally, I loved how she was able to play off um, real life. You could tell. You could tell. You could tell. One hundred
1: percent. It was completely everything was so personal, and like I really appreciate her because I can imagine, like, literally, probably overnight, all of a sudden, she's getting all these calls for film rights on her own life, and like that's a big decision to make. And I think ultimately she went with A twenty four because they were the ones that were giving her the most creative control yeah and okay. i feel like it's and i feel like that's huge because especially when it's like kind of your big i think this is her first film i'm pretty sure this i, is I looked it up
0: she had like other like but this is her first major film yeah yeah
1: this oh. is like her first big budget film i guess and like big distributed widely distributed film um and to go especially with something that's so personal to you i think sometimes when it's your first big film you feel like you need to go with like the biggest distributor the people that are going to give you the most money but then that comes at a cost of like your literal own story being not your story at the end of the day yeah so i think that was i think ultimately that meant a lot more to her that she would she was able to like kind of be more true to her source material her own life yeah um while taking like kind of a less cut of money mm-hmm. but like ultimately it doesn't matter yeah um, so I appreciate Lou Wang. Yeah, and she made me the strongest margarita I've ever had in my life. I, I love, I have like her tweet notifications on and I remember her- Oh, like tweeting, you met like, her, she made your margarita. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because she like tweeted, she was like, what if I like was a bartender and like every time somebody bought a drink, they could like ask me a question. And I saw it tweet and I was like, yes, 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 yes. So I had like her notifications on and I was like waiting for her to tweet about it. And she did. And I t- texted my friend Garrett and I was like, we have to go, we have to go. And I was writing a essay about the farewell at the time. So I was like, I have to go. Oh, and so it, was, it was such a long line, but it was so worth it. And the margarita was so strong. I had one margarita and I was like tipsy. <laughs> like I was, I was on a good one.
2: And uh, yeah, Where do you, guys, do you guys live in California. Yeah, Yeah. it's an. I I was in LA. I'm missing out on these
1: opportunities. Yeah, it's so fun. Like I, I'm okay with the struggle. Lulu really Mm
0: -hmm. said one, one question. Bye. (laughs) (laughs) That's why she made it it so strong. No, probably. Um, Um,
1: and then Celine, I don't know how to say your last name.
0: Celine, I'm gonna try because I already butcher every other name on here, so I'm just gonna (laughs) keep. keep, keep, Yeah, Celine Skiama okay
1: Okay, that felt felt okay I
0: definitely don't think it's right but I (laughs) I I tried
1: um but that was she directed portrait of a lady on fire which is a a French film um French film really goes hard to be honest I hate I hate being that film person but like they really know how to make a fucking movie over there
2: that person it goes french films go so hard
1: Mm-hmm. because one of my favorite films ever is lying which i feel like is a very basic like film french film today. but like that. it's really it's so good it's, it's really called lying lying it means like hate lying. And, Mm-hmm. I'll, I'll text you the okay. <laughs> title but it's so good and i watched it in film three and i was like whoa french film yeah. like i had like that moment where i'm like whoa which like it, it if it deserves it it deserves it you know yeah, what I mean? I um and i think portrait of a lady on fire is so special because it's a queer story mm. set in the 1800s and i just love a movie through the female gaze which you kind of don't realize that majority of films are through the male gaze until you see one that like portrait on, of a lady on fire where you're like you don't even see a man until like towards the end of the film yeah it's so crazy. And like I was reading an interview with her and they, the interviewer asked her about that. She was like, yeah, it was kind of like a jump scare of the patriarchy. And I was like, that is so fucking funny. <laughs> <I jumped laughs>
0: yeah, it's kind of jarring
1: because you don't really notice that a man's not there because yeah. you're so kind of like invested in these two people. And then when you see the man, you're like, whoa, get him out of here. We don't want him.
0: I love that.
1: Yeah. Dude, it's so good. And I just needed to put it on there because also she kind of got like jipped out of a best director
0: everyone thought she was like gonna get like
1: because i'm pretty sure the movie got nominated
0: come on um, let's fact check that because i have no idea
1: i feel like it did if it didn't that's a crime awards
0: (laughs) abortion yeah
1: there's abortion scene no
0: but like people are googling it
1: oh well because it was like it's in the 1800s so different
0: oh Cannes, so it won uh best screenplay at Cannes, i think
1: oh my god it wasn't even nominated at the oscars at all Hold the F on.
0: No, because then. No.
1: Oh my god! How did it win best screenplay at the at Cannes, but didn't get a nomination at all at the Oscars? The Oscars
0: are so. I will never understand. I I don't understand what's going on.
1: Oh, I didn't know that. Well, because I watched Puerto of the Lady on Fire after like well after the Oscars. Yeah, me too. Um,
0: I watched all Hulu.
2: Yeah, so. Whoa!
0: Interesting.
2: I have a list of films that I need to watch. That's homophobic. <laughs> that's It homophobic. is
0: homophobic. Oscars hates the gays.
2: No, I'm just kidding. Vince, I'm just kidding. So bad. I mean, <laughs> we've all
1: called. I'm it-
0: <laughs> oh <my laughs> just kidding, Oscar. I'm sorry.
1: <laughs> <laughs> um, but I think. Well, we kind of talked about it before, but I like. Um, uh, who was it? Steven Spielberg told Greta Gerwig or something. I I got this all from like a interview I read um and she he told Greta Gerwig if you're gonna shoot a film about the 1800s you need to film it on film and then Celine was like no I'm gonna do digital and I think it was it was kind of groundbreaking because I don't think anybody really has done that and it's able to because obviously when you're filming a movie on film it's going to capture different lighting than if you do it on digital and The way they lit the scenes was crazy. Yeah, I was like, "What?" And it was so dark at times, and everything. I think I love the movie because it felt so intimate. Yeah, and I love when movies are able to literally draw you into like these people's stories, and like to see a queer story in the 1800s. I feel like is also really huge. Um, Yeah, I'm a big fan of her. Yeah, now. We really stand. And I think this is huge with queer cinema. And I think there's not a lot of like positive portrayals of lesbian relationships in film mm-hmm. and something really she really went off on that one. And that she's is. such an interesting person. She has such a great sense of humor. <laughs> yeah. Honestly, like she's really an interesting person. And I've only read like two articles in preparation for this. Yeah. Um. And I'm really, I'm really interested to see how she talks. I've never heard her like speak. I've only read it. Mm. So like, I'm very interested to get more into Selene yeah. over here. But yeah, I would recommend this because it really deserves the hype.
0: It does. This
1: it is another, I feel like.
0: I don't think any of these, I'm like, well, it's a little overrated. Literally no, not a single one. No, none line. of the not things that Frozen. we talk
1: about. Yeah, none of the things we've talked about are overrated to the point where you shouldn't watch them. Yeah. Genuinely. Watch everything. Watch
0: everything. Yeah. Watch everything. <laughs> like even the bad movies, go watch them.
1: Yeah. Um, Because somebody's going to find them good. You know what I mean? It's all subjective at the end of the day. And um, the last director, specific director we're going to talk about is Chloe Zhao. um, Huge for Nomadland. Yeah, good
0: for for Chloe. Good good
1: for Chloe. I'm very excited about it. And then her her next movie is The Eternals. But we'll get to that because I put her purposely to talk about the last thing. Um, But I didn't watch Nomadland until... I think maybe the day before the Oscars or something like okay. that. Um, and it was just like, it was a very quiet film.
0: Yeah. So I watched it last night because Kim was like, okay, go watch, go watch Nomadland so we can talk about it. And yeah. I was like, okay. And so Kim was like, oh, this is not, I'm not exposing you. But she was like, you can like watch it while doing something else. And so I was like, okay, I'll do homework. And as soon as
1: I sent that, I was like, no, you can't. No, you
0: can't. <laughs> I didn't even finish my homework. Cause I like, I had my laptop and then like, anything exciting was happening but i was just like i need to watch this. i
1: don't think anything like extraordinary happened on the screen but that's the thing about that film is like it's a very honest betrayal
0: first of all Frances mcdonald is that her francis mcdonald you, you literally like she just like you just have like you lo- have to look at her like she everything she does <laughs> like when she was dumping a pot on the ground in the snow i was like oh my god amazing like <laughs> she literally did the most like Mundane things, and I'm like, oh my god, yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, Oscar, Oscar for you. <laughs> but it's just such a good movie because I think, well, okay, so I was looking into it and I thought it was so interesting because I was like, this feels like a documentary, right? Yeah, it but does it's feel like, like a documentary. Not. And so I looked it up, and so a lot of the people in that movie are playing like, themselves,
1: yeah, yeah, because I was, because like, I was thinking that too because I was like, mm, like no shade to the actors, but I was like, yeah. this feels like a normal person, yeah, I was like, this, you know, this, this conversation, like, it feels like because francis McDormand is a great actress yeah. overall obviously and i was like watching her talk to these people and i was like i feel like this is like different like it doesn't feel like an actor is talking to an actor it feels like they're just having like a like what you said it's like a documentary and when
0: she's at amazon i was like what's going (laughs) on is this real like this is is this a vlog like what's going (laughs) on and it's just so good
1: and also the filmmaking because i feel like you move with the character sometimes sometimes the, the um cinematography like it tilts a little bit it's not like it's like kind of like gorilla like somebody was holding that motherfucking camera like just not even like on a steady cam. someone was just holding that motherfucking camera yeah um and you can tell but i think that's what makes you think it's like a documentary yeah. and that's a, kind of what makes you fall into this world and it it's just interesting because you don't see a lot of people living like that like a nomad um it was just like really interesting and then they yeah. talked about death at the end and i was like oh <laughs> well because i am terrified of dying and huh. i have spirals about it like all the time
2: oh, yeah all the time.
1: it's such like a hard thing for me to grasp but i think no manland kind of made me like feel like a little bit at peace with it.
0: yes okay because i don't know where this came from so like before kim would be like aren't you scared of dying and i'd be like literally no like who cares like right like it's gonna happen and like i don't know what happened during quarantine but i like it was like full <laughs> spirals like i was like i'm like i need to see a doctor no I'm i need not to okay. see a psychiatrist still. oh me too absolutely well, oh my god should we get a group on <laughs> um and so the it's so, like in this movie the lady's like husband like passed away mm-hmm. and so I was like, oh, I know this is going to get sad. Because especially that one part at the beginning where it's like the 4th of July and she's eating in her little van mm-hmm. and like she has a little thing on and you hear the fireworks in the distance. I was like, oh my God, this is gonna so depressing. Like I feel it. And like, yes, it is. But then I was like, oh, it's like also like.
1: But she's also like choosing to live. A, like yeah, she like, wants to live this way.
0: Yeah. I don't know. It was just like, I don't know what the word is to describe it. Oh my
1: God. And her friend, her friend who literally like, I thought she was going to die in front oh. of us.
0: Well, let's, I don't think we should spoil it, because uh, it's, it's very fresh movie. Yeah, we?
1: that's true.
0: So Wait. Like, yeah. <laughs> and
1: she doesn't die. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. Well, is,
1: okay. well not okay. The Friend.
2: I'm not, I don't want to do Wait, that. Wait, oh me. my god, too much is happening. <laughs> yeah, no,
0: it's okay. Okay, everyone who's listening, if you haven't seen it, go watch it, and then, like, come back and re-listen to what we said, and I feel like Yeah, skip ahead, a,
1: like, a minute or two. Yeah, days.
0: but um, the Oscar was well-deserved.
1: The Oscar was, especially out of, I think out of all the Oscars that were or the films that were nominated this year, I think it went to the movie and the director went to the right person.
0: And it's so interesting because, like, if you told me the idea for this, I'd be like, that sounds so boring. Yeah. And, like, even if you, like, laid an outline out for me, I'd be like, um, that sounds so boring. Mm-hmm. But, like, it's not boring.
1: No. no I think point. it's a really honest portrayal of humanity. And I feel like yeah. sometimes it, again, like, I feel like a lot of people <laughs> lack empathy and compassion for mm-hmm. others. And especially when you, like, especially when it comes to like i mean nomads are kind of like homeless but she like said, it's she said houseless houseless in the movie houseless yeah like houseless people i feel like there's like a stigma around them yeah and there's a lot of layers and a lot of different types of houseless people you're yeah. going to encounter so it helps you have empathy for those people because i in compassion for them you know what i mean because yeah. all of them came from like a different way and like of life, and it's interesting how because a lot of times you're gonna in the movie you're gonna meet different people along the way. You know yeah. what I mean? That's kind of the whole thing. I about love Nomaz. those kind of movies. Yeah, yeah it's so good. And it's
0: it's like a road trip movie, but like a completely different twist on it.
1: Yeah, exactly. And then you you get to go home with her mm-hmm. to like meet her family. It's just really interesting, and I really have
2: think about doing a film on nomads. Right,
1: mm-hmm. like, you it's... wouldn't at all. So I think you should watch this, and it helps you really have compassion for other people. I yeah. think we really need those movies a lot more, like movies about different types of people that honestly are like, what's the word? Like
0: we need an insight on how other people live. Yeah, that, it, exactly. helps us it helps
1: us. And it helps us yeah. normalize it as well. Like I'm untraditional, so are, doing yeah, untraditional lives.
0: Yeah. Exactly.
1: And I feel like that helps with like normalization of things and destigmatizing of things and overall compassion for people, which yeah. we need. And thank you, Chloe Zhao, thank for Chloe this Zhao.
0: one. Speaking <laughs> of Chloe Zhao, okay, so our last little subsection on this topic is women who are, direct, are already directed or are going to direct superhero films um, and why that matters. And the reason I said Chloe Zhao is because she is directing the new Eternals movie for Marvel, which is like, I, it's like the first phase. Oh, no, I guess Black Widow is like the first phase, whatever uh, movie, but it's like a huge movie. The cast the is The first huge. movie of the
1: fourth phase.
0: No, it's Black Widow. i know know,
1: but you said first phase wait what did i say you said black widow is the first First phase
0: oh no that's But it's the first
1: movie of the fourth phase of
0: marvel Marvel. dear god it's so fucking confusing yeah (laughs) um but the reason we want to talk about this is because superhero movies are like huge right now they're literally what is mainstream
1: i think that's kind of like revitalized movie theaters I feel like
0: oh, I read yeah. that somewhere. I <laughs> literally, I literally told because everyone was like, "Oh, like I don't remember who said it." They were like, "Oh, movie superhero movies are like killing the film industry." I'm like, "Superhero movies they are
2: saved it. They're
0: literally what's going to keep AMC wrong. open." Yeah. So like they're I
2: like the most in box offices. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Like
0: I had someone. If you
1: look at the top grossing movies, like the top Avengers ten, is, it's basically all. And it's like movies. okay,
0: because I had someone in one. Okay, really quickly, this discussion post for one of my classes, mm-hmm. it was like, "What counts as art." Like, does these, do these things count as art? And I was like, absolutely, because, yeah. okay, like, I know, yes, I know that they're sponsored by the military, and I know that it is propaganda to an extent, yeah. right? But little kids don't see that. A little kid is going to see Black Panther, is going to see a Black superhero, and is going to be like, I can be a superhero. A little girl is going to see Wonder Woman. <laughs> that just made me think gonna... about
1: Disneyland, because they have this picture of, oh, yeah. of like, a cartoon drawing
0: of downtown Boseman, Disney,
1: and then this little kid with, with a Black Panther mask yeah. on, <laughs> <laughs> i saw it i saw it i didn't know it was there yeah. so when i went to down to disney just like walk around i saw it and i literally started crying. it's really
0: right there it's just like boom yeah there you go it's like
1: here you want to cry
0: yeah there, welcome to, to disneyland died. yeah um but yeah i just really think like well yeah but someone was arguing with me they were like well marvel doesn't really count as real cinema like in a discussion post i was like relax number one you already got your points oh, and so God. they were like,
1: <laughs> they were like
0: yeah. I was, and they were like well I think it's up for debate because like um I was like well obviously it's up for debate but their their point was <laughs> that like because Marvel is so like strategic and they're like it's it lacks the artistic viewpoint that was what they said and I was like um, I get what you're trying to say yeah. but I completely disagree with you yeah. because like also we need these movies because families love them like a little girl and the little boy are not going to go watch the farewell they're not going to go watch the th- yeah. um, Right, every Father. film
2: doesn't have to be abstract yeah. <laughs>
1: like it could do it like unintentionally yeah like
0: and i think like the falcon and the winter soldier i think it really like that's the most recent marvel thing mm-hmm. i think it really shows that these these movies these characters as fantastical as they are they can tell real human stories that are like related to what people like, are experiencing. Yeah. Even like WandaVision it was about grief and I think like right now in a time of like this pandemic where like there's grief yeah, everywhere. Yeah. This story like really connected. So like you can connect with this magical witch and you can connect with this guy that was like the next Captain America and like yeah they're like super outlandish and like th- sure you can call it a cash grab but it's still it's still there's still stories. So. Yeah. Sorry that was my Marvel I oh, That was good though. Oh, God, You're killing
1: know.
2: it today. It wild
0: sorry
2: while is directing a marvel film
1: oh i think so too
2: yeah, yeah
1: she's a she's um i put like a, a list okay so the yeah. ones that we have so far is patty jenkins with the wonder woman movies i love those movies yeah. um kathy ann with birds of prey a anna bowden with captain marvel and then coming out is kate shortland with black widow and chloe's out with the eternals uh uh
0: um, Wait, let's go through this list really quickly because I didn't know some of this. So Nia Dacosta, we already said like is directing the new Captain Marvel. Yeah. two, S. J. Clarkson is directing Madame Web. I think that's a Sony like Spider Man movie. Um, mm-hmm. Patty Jenkins is directing the third uh, Wonder Woman. Michelle McLaurin is directing Cowboy Ninja Viking. No clue what that is. Some, I,
1: this was just, like, on the Wikipedia page. That was, like, comic book in general. Oh, okay, it wasn't, okay. like, Marvel DC.
0: Um, Lauren Montgomery, Spider-Woman. Um, Olivia Wilde, Spider-Woman. I, well,
1: that one's... One of them's animated, and Olivia Wilde is... Um, oh,
0: so Spider-Woman might be, like, into the Spider-Verse, but just girl yes. Spider-Man. Yeah,
1: okay. yeah. It's, like, a... I think it's, like, the same world as the My- Miles Morales world. I love like Into the Spider-Verse. Thing. Yeah.
0: Um, an unknown female director, Batgirl, and Supergirl, and Black Cat, and Silver Sable. So we're getting a lot of. Female... I think it's
1: interesting that's like unknown female director, but they know they're going. to... Yeah, they're like, well, a, a
0: woman has to, a woman has to tell this story.
1: But it's like only.
2: It's called call like Madame Web yeah that's like a
0: a spider-man villain yeah she's really she's cool looking but i just i was like what's going like the
1: the only thing is like as as happy as i am that women are directing superhero films why are they only directing ones about women
0: oh period like
1: why can't they be directing like avengers oh yeah
0: okay okay i have a theory i think either Chloe Zhao. I think she's directing...
1: Well, she she's the only one that's, in, like, that's... Has yeah, she's getting
0: Eternals, but I think it's a test trough for the Avengers, the next Avengers. Ooh. I think she's going to end up directing the next Avengers. I mean, yeah. If she likes it.
2: I think the one Ava DuVernay is directing is about a male.
0: Yeah, so Ava DuVernay was uh, New Gods for DC. It was kind of the DC version of Eternals. Mm-hmm. Um, it was, like... A I big... like
1: how is always, like, trying to play catch-up. Like, yeah, d- yeah. Um...
0: <laughs> And it's sort of yeah, it's the same. It's like these old gods and like the sort of the. It's okay. It's whatever. I don't need to get Is into it. Is it like
1: Greek mythology kind
0: of? Um, kind of because DC has a lot of that, but um, the, they they canceled it because like after the Snyder Cut thing came out, DC was like scrambling to get their life together. So as of right now, it's canceled. But I don't think like I think they're
1: it's tabled rerouting. indefinitely. Like they're trying yeah to it
0: out. yeah they canceled a bunch of movies but I think they're rewriting I still think Ava DuVernay is gonna get a DC movie probably um like, but why I think...
2: they not Good point. more women directing not just yeah. women characters
1: but yeah mm-hmm. and I think it matters because okay they Marvel really did Captain Marvel dirty yeah like overall yeah it makes me so sad and like i it definitely did feel like they were just trying to like okay we need a female superhero like now for
0: endgame now
1: yeah we need to like throw it in there and if i really do believe that if captain marvel was in like the first or second phase she would not be as hated i agree um by the fanboys you can say it. Yeah. The it's Marvel fanboys.
0: I love watching, like, TikToks on about, like, Captain I Marvel. I am on Captain
1: Marvel TikTok. For Me some too.
0: Reason. I didn't even know that was a side. Yeah. But I love watching these because it shows, like... Because they... I
1: love Brie Larson. She's a Libra. I
0: Brie Larson. I like this character. <laughs> I, like, the movie's, like, not, like, most groundbreaking Marvel movie no. ever. But it's still fun to watch. Exactly. Like, I don't get why people... I don't know. Um but I just think
1: it also like I thought it was interesting cuz I saw a TikTok that was like <laughs> comparing Captain Marvel like all the quips that people had with it was like well she's like so stuck up yeah. and like she she thinks so highly of herself cuz like everybody had an issue when in her when she would like met the Venger first time it was like I'm going to kill a Thanos and everyone was like whoa 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 yeah. <laughs> and whoa you can't <laughs> do that you just got here but it's like <laughs> and then but then the TikTok after that had like every single male superhero saying something aligned similar to what yeah. she said. And I was like, ooh, Especially they're, they're not going to like that one. They're yeah, not going to like... Yeah. Tony Stark's character, as much as I love Iron Man, he's one of my favorite Avengers. Like, he is the worst, worst when it comes to those type of lines. But he's... he's that's so his, his character's so arrogant. <laughs> he's so arrogant. And, and that's
2: literally his main character trait. I
0: don't that's, even think, that's like...
2: That's his personality, right? Yeah,
0: I don't think <laughs> Captain Marvel, like... I don't think she's like cocky. I think no. she's just like she, she knows thought she she's an a- alien, she, right? Yeah, she knows that she knows that she's like strong. Yeah. Like she's like, well I'm stronger than all these guys, so like what am I gonna I'll kill him she <laughs> yeah. Is, yeah, she Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, she was like, "Okay, I'll do it, guys. Like yeah. I don't see the issue with this." She's
1: like, "Well, you guys have had like three phases of yeah. movies. She's, like, what I'm are you going to do
0: with your bow and arrow? <laughs> I have like superpowers. What are you going to do? <laughs> oh, okay, what are you going to do with your little shield?" Like
1: Yeah. I, th- Ooh, I, think I'm glad, I'm, I think I'm glad that we're having this awakening in justice for Captain, yeah, <laughs> like, Captain Marvel because, and she did not deserve the hate. Yeah, as much as I like, I rewatched Captain Marvel and I was like, I still don't like, love it, but I don't think it deserved like all the, the hate, hate that it got. Like, I think it was just like, I think the reason I didn't like it as much as like other, like maybe like Wonder Woman or something, not to like pit those two movies against each other i'm not but i think it was just like at the fault of marvel like just trying to throw in like a female superhero it
2: wasn't like she, the fault like, of i i don't know if, like one of you guys said earlier she should have been brought in way mm-hmm. way before
1: yeah but that just shows that like women are not on the forefront of these men's minds at all um the fact that wonder woman was the first super female like well in this modern age of like superhero films where it's like a a universe building type It's like thing. once a
0: month we get a yeah, superhero movie
1: exactly um that wonder woman came out in like what 2016, 2016 and that was the first one that we got yeah. and patty jenkins fucking killed it yeah, she, did. she fucking killed that shit um and the
0: families couldn't even be mad about that one because it's a good movie <laughs>
1: it's a really good movie and i think it's important that like women are directing superhero films because it's important for little girls to feel empowered as well yeah
0: but not only that i think it's it's not it's not just superhero movies it comes down to movies in the mainstream if you put female directors in uh mainstream areas in positions of power where they're like not just small indie movies they're doing huge marvel blockbusters Mm -hmm. it um it kind of sets the stage for everything else. Yeah. And it lets uh, more female creatives. come. And
1: that's place. the thing with the Marvel movies. It's like this that person in your class is like, it's not real art. Should I it. send them
0: this? <laughs> I send a link to the podcast. But
1: it's like, yeah, it, in your opinion, it's not like real art, but it sets the stage so other people can have the quote unquote real art you're seeking. Because mm-hmm. if a female led movie succeeds on a, that high of a level as a Marvel movie, that kind of shows potentially to executives and stuff that people want to see female led things and female dominated things, you know, and it's stupid that we have to do that, but you know, it is what it is. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think we just need to see more women being put in positions of power and like trusting women to be in direct director spots. Um, which we are definitely seeing. Um, like, if we're seeing it on this Marvel level, I think it should trickle down to yeah. every level of the industry. Uh, and I think
0: all these women that we've talked about are really setting the stage because they're really proving they're like, well, we can do this and yeah. we can do it better than you. <laughs> so yeah, exactly. I think it's it's like, re- like this is a great start, but I think we're going to get a lot more.
2: Sorry. No, I definitely agree. This is definitely like the time for women, though. <laughs> yeah, mm-hmm. So I'm excited to see all the other women directors that come out of this. Uh, this is definitely the time if you're a woman you want to be a director, hop mm-hmm. on and make your own film. Just hop exactly. on the wing.
0: Do it on YouTube. That's what Issa did. She's doing great.
2: Yeah, there's and that's the thing
1: with like social media now. Like you literally never know who's gonna see what. So like, and it's free to put it up on anything like Instagram, YouTube there are so many things at your disposable disposal. And I mean, there's so many people that are getting recognition on social media because I, and especially if you're trying to do something kind of like different and off the beaten path as everyone else, like to show that, I guess Hollywood, that there is an audience for whatever you want to do. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. So as much as (laughs) I was kind of getting depressed doing research, because I was like, there's not a lot of women to talk about, but I think what you said, like, there was, there's going to be so much room for women yeah. in the future, and especially in the near future. And I'm excited to see people
2: that look like us. You guys. And yeah. us I as do, well. Mm-hmm. I just hope people don't go into this with, like, the crab in the barrel mentality, mm-hmm. like, that 100%. they have to be up top <laughs> to make it work because they're, I know it's generic to say, but there really is room for all of us. so It's so true, everybody,
1: though. Yeah. Like, we don't not need to, like, be in competition for with everybody. I think it's a community thing, and I think that's the way that we're all going to be able to exceed, succeed is when we all have a community. We look at it as a community effort rather than, like, a singular race. You know what I mean? Exactly. So I'm excited. And I feel like a lot of people that are coming – up in the industry have that mindset. So I'm really excited to see the gears start shifting because mm. we already have. And I'm excited to see more female directors. And I'm excited to see what you do. I'm excited to see what I do. Yeah. Like we're all gonna succeed and it's gonna be fucking great. Yeah.
0: So yeah. thank you so much for coming on. Do you wanna plug all like, where can people find you? Where can they find your work? Anything that's already out or in the future?
2: Yeah, so um Again, again, my name is Naja, so you guys can find me on Instagram, Twitter, which I'm going to start being more active on, I promise. Um, My Instagram is Naja Amiel, N-A-J-A-A-M, as in Mary, I-E-L. And then you can also check out my YouTube, which I'm going to be uploading more of my films on, um, at, again, Naja Amiel. And I have a podcast of myself that I'm producing coming out um, this fall after we film the summer. Um, I can't say too much about the name now because we're going through the copyright process and the trademark process. But if you follow me on my Instagram, you can stay updated with all of that information to see what else I have in the works. Mm-hmm. And then lastly, look out for my web series. And it's for nausea that I will be creeping.
0: That's so exciting. And and like all of this information will be on our Instagram. So you can definitely um find all that information on there for a more accessible way. Um but yeah, thank you so much for coming on. Thank you everyone for listening. Yeah, thank you. It was um, so
2: nice meeting you. Oh
0: my god, you're our, you're our last guest of the season.
2: Yeah. Oh yay! Yeah. I feel so special. i <laughs>
0: can't wait to post this <laughs> yeah so our, our next episode is a, our last one of season two um so that's fun.
1: yeah fun. um
0: but yeah thank you everyone so much for listening uh stay safe